Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it with, you made it with, you made it with. What's up, weirdos? Uh, it, it, what a what a big what a big month! What a big month! Some some of you already know this. This is some very exciting news. Just to start the podcast off here is that I have been developing a uh, a talk show, and we're going to be making a pilot uh, produced by Conan O'Brien, which is which is just as unbelievable as it sounds. It's it's a complete dream come true for me, and I couldn't be more excited. I, I don't really know. I don't think there is a way to adequately express that on a uh, on the introduction to a podcast. But if there is, I hope this is near it. I uh, really want people to come out. We're taping some pilots, August 21st and August 23rd in Los Angeles uh, at Stage 15, which is on uh, the Warner Brothers lot in Burbank. This is how you get tickets. I'd love for you to come out. It's a half-hour show. There are going to be some elements of this of this podcast in it, I'm sure, just because this podcast has so much of me in it. Uh, and there will be interviews, and there will be jokes, and there will be stuff that I think will be familiar, and there will be stuff that I think is new. Clearly, we're figuring it out, but I promise it will be fun. I promise it'll be something that you like, and it's gonna be—it's just gonna be wild. So if you wanna, if you wanna uh, come and and see this, see whatever happens, uh, here's how you get tickets: go to teamcoco.com, regular slash Pete Holmes, and uh, they will give you the email address, which is Pete Holmes Tickets at conicoent.com, and then you need to tell them that you're interested in the Midnight Show with Pete Holmes, which is our working title. Although I kind of like it, we might stick with the Midnight Show with Pete Holmes. And uh, tell them which taping you want, your name, your age, telephone number, mailing address, number of tickets you want, and the date that you want to come. Two tapings, 21st and the 23rd. It's going to be great. And I can't stress this enough. The more weirdos we can get there, the better I think the show will be, the better the chance it has of, uh, of going, as they say here in show business Hollywood. So, uh, regular regular show announcements here. Uh, YouMadeItWeird.com, and we still have some uh, new t-shirts rolling out. we got a laser accuracy, uh, laser accuracy shirt a Denver shirt, and then uh, a couple new uh, takes on the original design. Facebook.com, regular slash, you made it weird. I said that like I'm from Boston, which I am, regular slash, but that was a mistake. Uh, and here are the tour dates, July 25 through 28. If you're listening to this the day it comes out, wait, will that be too late? Good Lord, what a waste of everyone's time for me while this is recording to look. Uh, nope, you'll have one day. <laughs> You'll have missed the live you made it weird, though. Uh, but come see me if you're in Montreal. August 2 through 5, Cleveland, Ohio at Hilarities. August 11 and 12, I'll be at a Outside Lands for San Francisco, for San Francisco, for the people of San Francisco, with Nerdist. Uh, September 1 and 2, I'll be FYF Fest in Los Angeles. September 6 through 8, I'll be in Arizona for Stand Up Scottsdale. September 13th, one night only, Firebird in St. Louis. September 14 and 15th, back in Chicago for the Lincoln Lodge. That's going to be exciting. September 24th through 30th, back in Canada for Just for Laughs Toronto, Jeff, JFL 42. Come check that out. We are going to be doing a live You Made It Weird one of those dates. October 11th through 13th, Appleton, Wisconsin for the Skyline Comedy Cafe. October 14th, the Cedar Cultural Center, uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. That's one night. One night in uh, Nashville on November 16th at the High Watt. One night in Boston on November 24th at the Paradise. December 5 through 8, Helium in Portland. And December 21st, one night only, back in New York City at the Gramercy Theater. Hope you can make it out. Those are all stand-up shows. A couple of live, you made it weird. Email the show, weird at nerdist.com. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Comedy Bang Bang. It's a great show. It's every Friday at 10, 9 central. It's on IFC. I've seen a bunch of them, and I love them. It's uh, hosted by my friend Scott Ackerman. It's an absurd half-hour comedy show that only really kind of looks like a talk show. It's comedy so nice, they banged it twice. Hosted by Scott Ackerman with our friend Reggie Watts, who did the theme song for this podcast. He's the band for this show. They got amazing guests, the biggest names in comedy like Amy Poehler, Zach Galifianakis, Seth Rogen. This Friday, the guest is Elizabeth Banks, and Scott interviews a critic who is reviewing the show. Reggie and Scott go on a mind vacation. There's smooth jazz legend Barry R. He's going to perform. Special guests John Daly, Thomas Lennon, Ian Roberts, Polly Shore, Dave Thomas, and David Wayne. Uh, that's it. Check it out. Also watch Bunk. That's Kurt Brownell's show. Also on IFC. Watch Comedy Bang Bang every Friday. 10, 9 Central on IFC. Watch Bunk as well. These are our friends. These are our friends here at the show. Check them out. Okay. Podcast. This is uh, Rory Scovel, guys. Couldn't be more excited that he came in. Been trying to get him for a while. We've just been busy. And it was a special one. I loved it. Please, I hope you enjoyed too. Is there a camera in there? Yes. I have a camera, but I'm not shooting anything. I want him to make a documentary about me. Is he? No. <laughs> I believe that. Why wouldn't someone make a documentary about you? I've actually had... Uh, well, you know, uh, we did do a documentary. Last years <laughs> what are ago. you doing? You're wearing sunglasses. You brought a guest. Oh, you don't like Don Imus? You don't like Don Imus' style? Don, how do you know Don Imus wears sunglasses? My dad's his uncle. <laughs> That's not accurate. <laughs> Who's on your shirt? Derek Sheen. Who's that? It looks uh, like Scott. It looks like you have Scott Moran. It's a comic in uh, Seattle. It is a comic. Yeah. That's comic face. It's his shirt that he sells. That's like Brent Weinbach. Pete got Gary Goldman a coffee and... I got you a Hulls. I'll take it. Will you? Often people complain that people are chewing on something during the show. Oh, then no, I won't do it. I'm going to... Because I will be like... <laughs> Do you want to hear my impression of an apple See? being bitten? <laughs> yeah. I feel like if you had an apple, the, the noise would be right, but it's wrong. It is a little wrong. <laughs> Do you don't... <laughs> Shut it down. <laughs> Shut it down. You always add that accent. Down. Shut it down. I've never been up here. You look like a... Anime. No one will have me on their podcast. <laughs> <laughs> is that real? I've no, I haven't done a podcast up here. Never, not once. Which no. podcasts are up here? Is Todd up here? Todd Glass? See, no. Nerdist been up here. You gonna tap on the table? You know we've begun, right? Oh, has it started? <laughs> has it actually started? Oh, I are you gonna that. flip the switch? And ah, so anyways, I got a lot going on in my life, uh, pitching and developing. <laughs> Try to make it sound like I'm way more successful. I did a joke. I did a roast last night with uh, with Moshe Kasher, and uh, during uh, I said I said he just sold his book uh, Kasher and the Rye. Big in Hollywood, he actually got a Holden deal from it. <laughs> I wish you were at the show. I wish you. I know Katie Levine laughed as well. I wish you were at the show, man. It, it, it was so quiet. Uh, I like that. It was a so so deal. quiet. A whole nobody deal. laughed. A couple of people laughed. Did it they was, not get it, or they just didn't think it was funny? I think there was too much math involved. One step too many. And I also, uh, oh, I love a good roast. I love a good roast. 
I said, uh, me and Mike Bridenstine did new faces together, mm-hmm. and with any luck, he'll get it again this year. <laughs> I mean, come on. That is a great, these are great roast jokes. Pete, I was on that new faces with you guys. Were you? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> you were. It I was there. Back. You know what? Uh, someone came up to me that was in our new places. Fla- new places. New places. New flavors. It's like a place and yeah. a, where you're from a face. It's also a place. Have you gone to the new flavors yet? Have you got to check out the new, some of the new flavors this <laughs> they had, year? They had to change it for uh, you know legal reasons. Yeah. It's now called the new flavors. The new flavors. The new flavors. Uh, somebody from our new faces came up to me, and I'm ashamed to admit this a little bit, but he was like, hey, it's like a reunion. And I was like, I have no memory of that. That I don't remember our group. <laughs> I can tell. You're a, I can you're, tell you don't remember the you're group. You're a friend of mine, and I don't recall you being there. I don't Duncan, remember everybody. Duncan Trussell is a friend of mine, and I don't recall him being there. Duncan, Mike Kaplan, me, you, Brian Mike, Stein, who's in our group? Renee, yes. Kumail. I remember Renee. And I remember K- Kumail. Andy Kumail, Ritchie, Eric. Kumail got real liquored up and went long. Do you remember that? I remember the that he did like the best of the new faces, and he got liquored up and went long. And got like heckled and like went after the guy. I think or... he went long because he was having to deal with the guy. That's such uh, comedian math. You know, yeah. it's like, do Ted. I do it all the time, too. Please, I'm the worst of this. Please. Oh, yeah, I, I think everybody is. Okay. I think everybody does. But that. I mean, like, I cannot call the kettle black. You know what I'm saying? Right, 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 yeah. Or brown. <laughs> Pedro Holmes. <laughs> Kumail's Brown. One of, my, one of my best friends. No hate mail. One of my besties. But uh, that's, that's comedian Matthew where you think the heckling, like if you go up yeah. and you riff <laughs> yeah. and then you begin. You feel you like it didn't the start ti- till you begin. The time should start right there. I agree with that. <laughs> Even though, this is a weird way to pra- phrase it. Even though I don't, I, I agree with that, even though I don't. Like, even though I, I know that that's I wrong, know what you're saying. it's like, uh. And if somebody goes, well, that's ridiculous, it's like, you're right, it totally is. <laughs> but when you're up there and you're riffing and the yeah. riffing's fun, yeah. and then you get into a joke, that's you're a like, bonus. God, if we were starting right now. You were able to do that. Yeah. I can't have him in my periphery. Scott, you got to sit over there. <laughs> Scott's freaking me out. Who brings a fucking guest? I brought a guest to a guest. I, I was a guest that brought a guest. You, you now he's gonna. But I'll see how it is with you directly in front of me, like I'm talking to you. <laughs> I don't want you to. be I brought Scott Moran with me. I want you listening. to be as uncomfortable as I am. Scott, here's the thing. Scott's doing a rehearsal for a documentary on me. So like right now, there's no cameras for a good year. We're not gonna have any cameras. We're just rehearsing the documentary. And then next year, we're going to get the cameras out and really, really run through it. <laughs> it is so weird. The weirdest part, I don't think we were recording when I said this, was that you just kind of assumed it was normal. Yeah. When you said, I have Scott Moran with me, I was like, okay. <laughs> I guess he'll go get lunch or something. <laughs> and then, and then, at no point did you go, is it okay? <laughs> If a strange, unmiked man sits in the well, room... Well, not a strange... Uh, it's not like you don't know him. I not do a know him. strange, unmiked man. He is un- it's strange that he's unmiked. It's strange that he's unmiked. It changes the energy. I bet I could close my eyes, and he could either leave or stay, and I'd be able to tell if he left or stayed. Well, you'd hear it. But, you know, of course, of course you mime opening the door and leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Well, then how would you know? Okay, ready? Do it. It's your choice. You can open the door and close it. Or you can open the door and uh, go down uh, like one or two stairs, but you have to be real quiet because I can't hear it. Ready? Okay, I'm going to go. Like My eyes are closed. 
Hold on, before you open your eyes and answer. Yeah. He definitely left. And where did he go? Well, I I hope he went down a couple stairs because that was part of the experiment. Why don't you ask your feelings where he went? <laughs> Look inside your soul. He went into the office adjacent from us. All right, open your eyes. Ah, he's right. In, he did leave. He did leave. The energy. Is that better if he's just like that the whole time? <laughs> it's like the first Scream movie. You know what I'm talking about? And I'm Drew Burmore. Is that how you say that? Drew Burmore. Drew Burmore? Do you not like my shades on? Your shades look like if the Transformer Bumblebee wore sunglasses. Is this a character? No. This is how how I get into it. This is how I get into conversation. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Can we talk about shut it down? Yeah. Shut it. Here's something weird about you. I've never really gone back to the original format of this show, which okay. is I'm supposed to confront you <laughs> about things. Not really, not really confront you, but like uh, present to you things that are weird. For you, I'd I'd start with brings guests to podcasts. I'm gonna. I'm, you just that, were a weird. Ex. Was that one too many times to bring it up? Bring guests. No, no. That, I feel laugh. like that's the main one. That's number one. I circled the X. But I want I want this to be known in terms of of the weirdness of it. Yeah. I still feel no weirdness. Even with you talking about it, I'm still like, yeah, he's right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's because that's because this isn't your home. I'm here more than I'm not here, I feel like. I'm here. By the way, Scott, here. you're welcome and I'm glad you're here. It's so unsettling. <laughs> <laughs> but you're welcome and I'm adjusting. In fact, you leaving and returning made me feel better about right? it. Right? Because there was a little yes and to it. So his energy, not that your energy was negative, but when you were in my periphery, having a man just sitting there kind of, you know. You know how upset I'd be if right now you offered him a coffee? You're like, but I did bring you a coffee, Scott. I knew you were coming. And I knew you <laughs> loved a sweet release of coffee. Is that what people who drink coffee call it? Release? Oh, man, I, I the last release. time I saw Pete here, he had a coffee for his guest, and he goes, "Oh, I always grab a coffee for the guest." That is true, but and I, uh, hmm. he didn't have a coffee, and I brought an extra human. <laughs> <laughs> so I should have gotten two coffees. This is tea. That's tea, bro. You went and bought the Starbucks cup? No, no, no. This is a feel it. I know you bought. Oh, it's not Starbucks. That's that's a that's a fake them fake them up. Why are these popular? What do you mean? Which part? All oh, this whole concept of fake coffee cups. You know why? People love blending in. You're right. People like like having a coffee. People do it because it looks cool. Uh, fa- just like smoking. Okay, great first topic. Okay, these are tea bags. I'm just showing you. And uh, I believed I believed you no, when you said it. I know. I know. I don't know why I showed you. What a weird choice for me. But what I want to demonstrate there is that this looks like a coffee cup, and I put the tea bags in there. I take the strings off it. Yeah. Drop them down. Why? Because I want to, I want to, as Patrick Bateman said in American Psycho, one of my faves, mm. because I want to fit in. Yeah. Because said, he says, you, your dad owns the company and you're a millionaire. Why do you have a job? And he says, because I want to fit in. I love that. Perfectly put. Perfectly I love put. it. Smoking too. I'm yeah. glad this has come up. You don't smoke cigarillos. I don't smoke cigarettes. Cigarillos? Uh-uh. <laughs> I think it looks cool. It does look cool. Did this just come up on the show? It did. We just, it's funny oh, how it these did? things come. No, no, no. It's not like we can't talk about it. I just don't want to repeat myself. But the thing is, it's uh, the thing that I've always envied, and I know I've said this before, is the uh, reason to leave. You know what I mean? I love the reason to leave. Ugh. I love the action of it. Yeah. I wish I smoked because if I did, I would smoke on stage. I've often wished that I could smoke the lightest joint ever. 
during a set. Just light it and just have a joint going that I put down and set out. And then, it, like, honestly, my, my dream would be to smoke pot, go on stage, have a joint next to a bottle of water, and light that joint whenever I felt like, take a couple of hits, put it out in an ashtray, and go back to it 20 minutes later and do as long as I as I could possibly do. Just You know what's funny is you came up in a conversation about marijuana cigarettes. Yeah. Because we were saying that we, uh, who was it? Andy Haynes. Yeah. Andy and I were talking about how we feel like you would be you without marijuana, but you do enjoy it. Yes. So I think that's a high compliment. We feel like you're not like a pot dude, per se, but you're certainly a man who enjoys pot. I mean, you just laid out your ideal fantasy, which would be oh. a never-ending supply of weed smoke God. for your act. I mean, just if you if you were doing an hour, it was just you an hour. Yeah, God, I mean that's that'd be a, that'd be amazing. I envy you having anything that you think would uh, enable and make it better. I'm I'm just kind of like a cat on stage or something. Maybe a cat that I can <laughs> <laughs> that I can visit. I just I just visit him and go. Set's going pretty good. Yeah. Huh? What do you think, Bud? Get out of here. And he kind of bats at me. Yeah. But he's declawed and he's a rescue. I didn't declaw him. I wouldn't do that. Take I off the that. first knuckle. Fuck you. <laughs> Let him have his weapons. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> what do you get? What would you do to Wolverine? And I'm only saying that because we're in the environment of talking about comic stuff. <laughs> That's true. Wolverine, my least favorite. I love him. Least useful X Man. Do you know he's made of metal and their foe moves metal? Wait, what? Their main foe, Magneto. Oh, right. Can manipulate metal, and he's made of it. I think, I think they that's found a, what. They I think found you a have loophole. to have that. I think they found. I don't think he. I've never seen him do that in the movie, like move Wolverine. Yeah, no, he has. He does. Yeah, yeah. I think then in all of them. Then he's pure garbage. And actually, in all three of them, he moves Wolverine. Is that don't true? Remember one time. <laughs> you know, that's actually a very interesting point. Those movies don't stick with me at all. I yeah. see. I see them, and I go, okay, and I remember nothing. Yeah. Zero. I only, you know, uh, what was it, X-Men Origins or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I remembered the part where the guy who plays Magneto kills the Nazi, because that's the only part that was emotionally charged, the first 10 minutes of that movie. Once they put on the suits, I'm like, fuck ensemble crime fighting, first of all. (laughs) I hate ensemble crime fighting. I just like that phrase. Yeah. (laughs) Ensemble crime fighting. But I mean, like, oh, I want to go solve crimes, but I need three people in. (laughs) One, two, three, four, five. And you got, it's it's the improv of crime fighting. I'm a stand-up guy. Batman is a stand-up. Stand up. Yeah. X Men is an improv team. Yeah. And Xavier's their coach, and they have a mansion. He's their coach. And they're only, at, like with improv, <laughs> they're only as space. good as the worst person. So they're only as good as Cyclops. <laughs> <laughs> as good as they get, they're still the nerd with laser beam glasses. I love that X Men are just an improv group. <laughs> it also makes me picture Batman doing stand up. <laughs> Call him the Joker, but here's some for you. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, my best to Batman. Attempt. That was a great. Uh, so, any, but those movies just don't. Stick. Do you have any movies like that? You see certain genres of things that just don't stick. People love those movies. People wait in the rain for them. The rain, yeah, the least favorite element. I don't. Uh, I, I feel the same way about those movies. I'm not like crazy. Oh, okay. I'm not crazy about them. What about the Jason Bourne movies? You like? Do you like those? Movies? Don't stick with me. Really? I, I also haven't really ever. I don't think I've, I don't, I haven't seen all of them either. Oh, I haven't seen all those. I haven't seen The Wire. But it, just saw Lost Boys. <laughs> really? I'm so behind. I don't even think I've seen Lost Boys. I, I know it's I've seen great. it. It's over not the great. Over the years, at a certain I've seen age, it. it's not great. Yeah, I bet it's vampires, right? Yeah. You might know, wonder if I saw Back to the Future now for the first time, would I feel the same kind of zero love? zero chance? You think? No way. 
What, you don't you, think I don't. I don't think you'd like it. I, I don't know because it is that kid factor. You are right. I mean, it was the kid skateboard, the music, the car. Yeah, everything. Michael J. God, he was great. Jacket now dry. So Back Scott's gonna be two. leaving when he needs to. Scott, you can't be doing this. <laughs> well, now I am embarrassed. No, I'm teasing. You're fine. You're fine. Um, am I the only person to ever bring somebody? What kind of a question is that? I like it because I feel like it makes me stand out. <laughs> Do you really think any... Who, I can't! Who brings a guest? Who brings a guest? Who does a... Po- it's like a 90-minute podcast. You're like, Scott, you just want to hang out? What is this? Bring a comedian to work day? Well, there's a whole store. I thought he'd walk around the store. But no... No, the answer's no. We- I mean, I didn't I didn't know he was just going to come up and hang out. What's your fave move? Movie? Yeah. Back to the Future. That's why I brought it up. Wait, why'd you laugh at that? <laughs> That's a great favorite movie. What's your favorite movie? You know what that is? That's a fake favorite movie to guard your true favorite movie. Like that's no, your, that is my that's true your favorite Facebook movie. favorite movie. That's your first date favorite movie. I'm a Back to the Future guy because you want to be wholesome. You're fun loving. You like it really bright, is though. Bright colors, good comedy, nothing too weird. I have a lot of favorite movies, but all Back right. to the Future is like that's number one. Number one for but sure. But that's also like, I could watch it all the time. I did actually watch it the other day. Really. Because my buddy had uh, my buddy and I watched it all the time in high school. One of our bonds was like, oh my God, do you love Back to the Future? And we would quote it. Even in class, we would quote it and what try are, to what, apply it. To what the, are the quotes? Get out of here and like, get your hands off her knuckle face. Oh my God, there's so many. Calvin oh, Klein is on your pants. What is this? How could that be fun every time? Why would we go? We're not going with that one. Oh, that's the second our, one. One of our favorite is, uh, yeah, I'm looking for Riverside Drive. Riverside Drive, that's a block past Maple. Block past Maple, that's John F. Kennedy Drive. The hell is John F. Kennedy? Ah, that sucks. Love that line. <laughs> that sucks. Love it. Look, a rhythmic ceremonial ritual. When Doc's talking about the dance, look, a rhythmic ceremonial ritual. No, that's terrible. A dance rhythmic ceremonial ritual. This is this is no good. I bet you have a lot of listeners going, I didn't know Pete hated Back to the Future. I don't hate Back to the Future. Wow. I just don't. Wow. I think we've come a long way. I. What's your favorite movie? Uh, there Will Be Blood. And I love it so much. I mean, your favorite movie just approached you in 2008. Like, you didn't, you, you don't have anything from like your childhood? Out? I my think favorite so. favorite childhood movie? God, I don't really watch things from my childhood. It doesn't, uh, let's see. When I was a kid, my favorite movie was Batman. Uh, the Michael Keaton. The Michael Keaton Batman. Yeah. But I haven't watched that, nor would I want to. King of the Wicker People? When's the last time anymore. you watched Batman Returns? That's a terrible movie, right? So bad. There was a there's a joke in ba- uh, in the original Batman where Knox, remember Knox? He he's like the reporter guy. He makes a joke. He goes to Vicky Vale. He goes, "You can uh, you can fo- you can photograph me nude, but you're going to need a really long lens." What does that mean? He has a really tiny penis. Is that what he's saying? I think so. I'm here, Rory, telling you honestly. <laughs> I don't get it, and I'm a professional comedian. <laughs> All I do is jokes. You can photograph me nude, but you're going to need a long lens. What? I think it's because he has a tiny penis. Because a long lens means you can see further, right? Or you can see smaller objects. So he doesn't say you can shoot some close-ups of my dick. We're going to shoot him with a wide lens because we need to get his full body. We're we're doing tasteful nudes, not zoom. What is this? A zoom in on the tip of your dick? I did the fucking John F. Kennedy quote, (laughs) and you went with that quote from your favorite Batman? That's not maybe not your favorite Batman. I also said King of the Wicker People. 
I don't know what that is. You know what it is, is? Is Back to the Future, like the two quotes you did, those are like reveal lines. They're not like emotional lines. Yeah, reveal lines. They're, they're like Joe. <laughs> Super into reveal lines. <laughs> what I mean is they don't have a, a long shelf life. Who the hell's John F. Kennedy? The first time I, I saw that, it. I was probably like, yeah, because it's in the past. Because it's in the past. And now I'm just like, we get Your it. family hated you. Hey, watch this movie. Oh, because it's in the past. Because it's in the past. Because it's in the past. That guy had movies. Your parents are just watching you like, Jesus, I'm, turn I'm it off. I'm watching Terminator. The date. 12th May, Thursday. What year? Because it's in the past. Because it's in the past. That is the date from Terminator. Is that? Yeah, the first Terminator. Me and my brother say that all the time. We always go, the date. 12th May, Thursday. What year? <laughs> what, uh, how old's your brother? We also go, que año, Carlos? <laughs> we do the Spanish version, and he goes, doce, mayo, <laughs> miércoles. <laughs> que año? We love doing it in Spanish. How old's my brother? Like that, yeah. That's a good question. My brother is two years older than me. So that one, Jesus, he's 35. I heard a Bob Seger lyric this morning that almost made me cry, which was, uh, sweet 16 is turned 31. And I, I heard that. And immediately thought of my uh, my father who loves Bob Seger. And Wait, what was what is the line? Sweet sixteen is turning thirty one. Okay. That's the second verse. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> just gave up on the writing, and then I'll just scat. I'll do that. Then I'll just scat it to the chorus, and then we'll close with "Cause it's in the path." <laughs> May thirty Thursday. I don't know what it was. Twelfth. May, May Thursday. Twelfth May. That's Thursday. the syntax you do when you're scared. Twelfth May. Twelfth May. Twelfth May. Eleventh September. How do British people say September eleventh? September eleventh. No, no. <laughs> no, they it's do. Quite easy. They September do something like eleventh. Eleventh September or eleventh of September. They're, it. What eleven point nine point twelve. Eleventh September. Eleventh September. How wrong is the that? events of eleven September? Say it right. The eleventh's fine. September one one. <laughs> You're doing Sept- it wrong. Sept one one. This guy's making a mockery of a tragedy. Then write that down. Do you guys remember Sept one one? It diffuses how you felt about it. Saying Sept one one. Are you really writing that down? Do you do don't notes like this? You know what I've been doing lately is uh, using the. Do you remember Sept one one? A way to diffuse nine eleven. Rory, I was just going to say to you, voice that's really weird. Quick, right? I've been using the voice feed. Oh, you, oh, I, I use the voice feature to write it down, not... I do the voice memo, plug it into the computer, and then put on my headphones and just let it go through while jotting Okay, down. That... Have I gotten to that stage yet? No, I'm lazy. The jotting? I'm lazy. Well, it's a di- it's a delicate thing, isn't it? We don't, we don't, we don't want to look too closely at the at the sculpture or that it starts to fall apart or whatever. Nice. I, I, I re- we just had Gerard Carmichael on the show, and it, it literally uh, changed my life because I, I don't know. Gerard. I, I love him too. Yeah. I uh, this is going to be so kind of weird what I'm about to say, but there's there on this show. <laughs> what? What? It's going to sound cheesy. You All made right. it cheesy. There's a there's a magnet on my mother's refrigerator that says. 
a friend knows the song in my heart and sings it to me when I can't remember. Now, I'm not here to say that that's not kind of sentimental and maybe overstated or yeah. cheesy, but I really like it. So yeah. when I sat down with Gerard, he was saying back to me what I've believed like my whole life about performing and being in the moment and being spontaneous and having fun and exploring and playful. Yeah. And when he was saying it, I literally like – my tank got filled back up. Yeah. And since then, and he actually, we talked since then, he told me that he had a similar experience where I was just like, oh, right, it's supposed to be fun. Yeah. It's supposed to be fun. It's not necessarily supposed to be voice memos and scribing. Right. When you're good enough. When you're good enough. <laughs> in you, the I, past. <laughs> it's in the past. <laughs> I just mean because young, I think young comedians with this access to all this like kind of insider baseball, inside baseball sort of stuff, try to skip ahead. And they'll just be like, I also won't write anything down. And we cover this almost every episode, too. You can't yeah. jump ahead. But I think you are in that way, too. I know you are. Mm-hmm. Where you like to go up. And do something. Maybe it's the only time you've ever done it. Maybe it's the last time you've ever you'll ever do it. Yeah. On like a TV special. That's that's why I was like, let's start with shut it down. Yeah. Because I say to you, when I, when you and I did the John Oliver New York stand up comedy show on Comedy Central, which starring John Oliver in New York, one year ago, was one that a year? Ha- ago? One point five years. One point five years ago. Was that right? Uh, it aired in April of last year. We okay. taped it in January of last year. So you opened with it was such a hot crowd, and it was so <clears throat> great. great. I great. loved it. It was so great. I I loved being Getting there. Getting off with stage you. was tough because I was like, God, this is like it's crazy. heaven. You want a special to happen right now? Heaven surprise Just special. Keep it rolling. Yeah. Keep it rolling. I've always had an idea to record a CD called Burn in the Light, which is you were supposed to do fifteen, <laughs> but you do an hour. Yeah, Pete Holmes, Burn in the Light. It's me on the cover smoking. You know what I mean? Just like so badass. Every like starting at like thirty minutes. Every five minutes, you're like, all right, but I am getting the light here, so I need to. Ah, uh, very. Like, funny. Oh, they're really flashing it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the tracks is "Boy, They're Really Flashing yeah. It Now." Boy, they're really flashing those lights now. Oh, now all the lights in the room are on. Oh, and. Oh, the mic's off. Now the mic's off. Okay. All right. <laughs> Rory Scovel, burning the, last, the light. The last half hour of the CD is you improvising about them wanting you to get off stage. There's no jokes. Ah! There, there's no jokes and therefore no reason for you to still be up there. It's kind of <laughs> like... <laughs> That's great. I Okay, so Shut It Down yes. is... Um, okay, I got to remember that. Shut It Down was uh, you go up. The crowd is so hot. Just a dream. It's a dream crowd. I remember, if I may, I went up and adjusted the mic stand and got a laugh. Yeah. And I literally was like, oh. Here we go. This is that place the other scribes have prophesied of. <laughs> yeah. I've, yeah, yeah. I've heard legend of this space. Yeah. Where, like, it's not just it's not just they laugh at anything. That would be hell. In fact, there's a great Twilight Zone about a guy who wants to be a comedian. Yeah. Hey, Gil. Who wants to be a comedian and he uh, goes on stage and everyone laughs at no matter what he says. Yeah. And he's like, Are you guys even listening to me? And they laugh. It's more like these people were just ready for comedy and they liked us already and they were ready to go. So I just the mic and they're excited, so they laughed at that. And then you go up and you go, they're clapping so hard, and you just go, Guys, shut it down. <laughs> shut it down. <laughs> guys, seriously, shut it down. That was so fun. All the way down. It's so Stop fun it. when they're laughing shut at it. that. Yeah. Shut it. Shut it. I want to do it. Do you realize they're, I call them playground bits? Yeah. You just make a stage and you get to play in it as long as you feel like swinging yeah. on those swings. Yeah. Shut it down. I want to do it now. Shut yeah. it. <clears throat> Shut it. It's fun. <laughs> While they're cheering, looking at them with a just a little Rory, Rory Scove twink in the eye, little twinkle, yeah. going, Shut it. But you clearly don't want them to shut it. Right. And then it stops the claps and it starts as a plus. Now, what I've done is I, I've really cut open the bird and it's not funny anymore. You know, the bird's dead. But what <laughs> I'm saying is, uh, 
I every time I saw you, I think for years. Okay, so a year and a half. Yeah. yeah. Every time I see you, I go, "Are you going to open with Shut It Down?" <laughs> to which you say, "I don't." It's not like a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm a like, thing. That's not a thing to do. That's not a that, happening. It's like it's like uh, <laughs> you just went out, and God help you, you were actually in the moment, and the, and the audience informed how you were. It was mm. the kind of crowd that you could say, "Shut it down." And maybe, th- what if they stopped like in a weird alternate universe? You said, "Guys, shut it down," and they immediately stopped. Stopped. Yeah. You would have then been like, "Whoa!" Well, you, that's something you to were, play with too. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now the play has changed, and you're calling an audible. I think that's what I like is the fact that when you go up, there is no bad path. You know what I mean? There's yeah. like if they do stop, you're like, oh well, then now the this is now these are the elements, right? So we'll play with this because right. that why can't that be why that, like that should be a funny no thing too. The fact that they did stop, now you're the guy who's like, good now, right? You know, it, it changes right. the joke, but or you go, I love that. pick it back up, pick yeah. it up, energy's too down, down. too down, medium, More. medium, this side. medium, it probably would have become that medium, this group, yeah, 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 over here, just now this man. we're ready. That's all for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly right. Oh, look, Scott Moran got coffee. Look at that. Scott got Sweet four 16, coffees. Sweet Pete and Kate and I actually are allergic to coffee. Yeah, we can't drink coffee. Little, little Katie, Katie Levine. Um, what were we I'm start s- saying your name in that with that voice? Uh, Katie Levine. Oh, the other example I had was Hell Yeah Bluetooth. I one time saw you go no on arms. stage no and you put guy. your arms in your shirt. <laughs> The only thing. <laughs> a fucking coffee break. <laughs> Everyone's mixing and making coffee now. You, is hell yeah Bluetooth a bit? Yeah, that is a bit. Okay, it's a, the guy without arms the day Bluetooth came out. Yeah. And he's like, fuck yeah. Yeah, you, I, that was the time I saw you. I believe it was at uh, Karma in New York. So downstairs, yeah. Yeah, yeah, people yeah. are allowed to smoke. And you did that, and I lost my mind. <laughs> you just put your arms in your shirt, and you go, this is my impression of a guy with no arms finding out Bluetooth inve- was invented. And you just go, hell yeah! Hell yeah! <laughs> and you just go with no, it's so fucking funny. You know what I remember about that That's show? another playground bit. Yeah. You did a playground bit. Yeah. That's all I want to do is playground. But that one, you can, that one you can just totally, that one I do a lot. Shut it down, I, I haven't done since then if I did it before. Right. But I mean, that, that's one that, I love because Which? every but, but all in all honesty, every time that you say, "Are you going to do shut it down tonight?" and I go, "It's not really a thing." That I mean, for me and my brain, it's not. But like honestly, if there was a show happening downstairs right now, and like you can go on and do the all right, shut it down. Let's shut it down right now. Like yeah. you can do it all the time, right? Um, but you don't. You don't necessarily. You don't not do it, but you also don't do it. I don't want to do it all the time. Right. I like doing it every now and then. In fact, I'm actually now a little disappointed in myself to have never given you every time that you've asked, and I've right. just not, done, not it. done it. And there was no reason. It wasn't right, like I was right. working on something. It's interesting. Sometimes you, as a performer, don't know the things that the crowd would love to hear you do again. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. uh, that, that sure. is my favorite thing, and you, you've never really given it any thought. Similarly, there are sets where I'm improvising the whole set or whatever, and they're online, and people mm-hmm. are like, I love that thing. I have a bit about a clown violating you. And I'm like, and uh, people are like, I love that clown violation bit. And I'm like, hmm? Yeah, and you're like, how does it, what is it, how does yeah. it go? what did it, 
And that's actually now we're in a new area. But people, they, and they're like, oh, do that. If you were like, oh, maybe I will do that. Because, you know, sometimes people will go, hey, I love it when you do this thing. You're like, wait, how did it go? And then they tell you, and you're like, oh, maybe that could be. Usually, usually you're yeah. in a phase where you're looking for some new stuff. Right. And you're like, oh, that could be a bit that I just I know. forgot I... about. And then you go up, and you try <laughs> to do it. And you realize this was birthed out of complete spontaneity. Right. I can't birth this out of forcing it unless I really sit and figure out how to get into it. Right. I agree. See, now we're in a tricky area that I, that uh, Dra and I also talked about was the idea that we can riff these amazing things. Mm-hmm. I did this thing the other night, and I've been talking about it on the podcast about how I bought a Playboy online because I grew up uh, religiously kind of repressed and yeah. embarrassed of my sexuality. I kept it secret. Catholic. Uh, regular, <laughs> regular Catholic. No, 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 uh, Protestant. Okay. And then I, uh, and then I, <laughs> regular. So I, I say that every time, but I find it so yeah. condescending. So then I was like, so I used to hide this Playboy in my room, and then I bought it. People have heard this story already. So I bought it, and then I was, t- I've been doing a bit about it. I talk about it on stage, and then one time. It was perfect, like because like I was saying all these tangents where I wasn't finishing the sentence, so the audience is doing all this math, all this filling in the blank, right. and that puts us all in the same air. We're mm-hmm. all in the same airspace right there. And then towards the end of the bit, I go, uh, uh, I got it on eBay, uh, you know, and then the idea was that I'd leave it out, yeah. you know, the I, I'm not going to hide it. It's it is it, literally on my coffee table right now, and I've had to be like, yeah, this is an experiment, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Uh, my like landlord's over to fix a pipe. I'm just like, ah, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I leave that there. We're like in a. So now you assume I do that here. <laughs> I've never jerked off to it. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, the the line that I stumbled upon was I was I say I got on eBay. Buy it now, heal it now. Right now, I'm not here to say that that should have gotten a laugh here, but I did it then. And something about the chemistry in the room, the centrifuge of energy and ideas that we were all thinking simultaneously and exploring it for the first time together. Suddenly, buy it now, heal it now made sense. Yes. Who knows what I said? The point is, is I don't. There yeah. were certain things that I said, little pictures that I was painting in their minds that made buy it now, heal it now work. Then, cut to two nights later, I'm doing another show, and I decide to do the Playboy thing again. And then I'm just like kind of in it, and it's working. I'm not here to say it didn't work. But then towards the end, I go, oh, how's it end? And I go, oh, something about buy it now, heal it now. And then I just go, got it on eBay, buy it now, heal it now. And it like... <laughs> It's like such a naked moment to redo yeah. the bit. You know yeah, what I mean? Because that, what you're saying is that uh, that everybody's not in that same space. Everyone's getting something else out of it. And that, right. that, that's – God, that, that – it always crushes you to realize that unless you can remember what it is that you said, those components, that that was the only time right. that, that needs to be said or can be said. I'll, I'll go f- a little bit further and say that sometimes bits won't work because you forgot to smile or yeah. look at them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I got off stage uh, recently and I was like, that wasn't very good. And I realized I hadn't been performing very much and I was looking down way too much. Oh, so no, were like, uh, no, or just and also just in general. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like a good set, your body's open, your shoulders are wide, and you're yeah. staring right at them yeah. and really feeding it to them. And people respond to that yeah. on a basic human way. I've worked at doing more eye contact. That's been a big. Uh, that's basics. been a big hurdle for probably. Well, I mean, it's I've never really done it, but it's been been a big hurdle the past two years to force myself to do it. And man, it changes everything. It makes it better. Yeah, it's so much better. But also, you you get to see who's watching and who's not because it's not a matter of people no show in my mind is ever about people smiling or laughing it's about them watching and if they're watching you're like well 
if this was not interesting, you wouldn't even look up here. Right. You would be on your cell phone or you would be do or you would be right. looking at your drink or just you know, just not looking at the stage. I do that when I'm not interested in a performer. Right. I don't really look at this I'm like, I don't want to watch. Right. And I, I'll listen. I don't want to watch. It's actually very funny that you say that. The worst thing, it's almost worse than heckling, is the guy that's in the front that's like deciding to look just past you, like at your knee level, looking at the wall. Yeah. She's like, I prefer the wall. Right. Yeah. I see that you're flailing. Right. How's that paint doing? Yeah. You were one of the worst feelings. A and terrible, there, was a, there was a time when I was like, never really looked up. Or not that I didn't look up, but I maybe looked down or I kind of scanned the room in this very like. I hate it when I see a performer looking out at the crowd, but they're clearly looking above the crowd. Yeah. I have done that. I probably will do it in the future. You know, yeah. when you when you get that uncomfortable, your lack of confidence, and you start to do that. But whenever I see that, when I'm sitting in the audience, I'm like, I now get to see firsthand that when I do that, it doesn't look like you're looking at the audience. Yeah. It looks like you don't want to look down one little bit to see yeah. where our faces are. Yeah, You'd yeah. rather look straight to the back of the room. Right. And it... It, to me, it makes a world of difference. But how engaging is that just interpersonally? Those people that look right at you, shake your hand firmly, say yeah. your name back to you. These old school things. We call them the Jimmy Pardos. Jimmy Pardo, when you meet him, it gives a firm handshake. I just saw him yesterday. Yeah. We were talking about this. Firm handshake, looks right at you. Yeah. And, you know, he's, he's a shorter guy. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not teasing here, but he's certainly shorter than I am. You don't feel short. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That motherfucker's as big as the room. Yeah. As big as a tree. I love that guy. But that stuff, that's <laughs> those basics. It's funny because we don't really talk about some of the stand-up basics, but they drive me crazy. Is uh, it's I guess it shouldn't, but people that leave, the, take the mic out of the stand and then leave the mic stand yeah, in yeah, front yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the show is for me yeah. at that point. When's he going to move it? Unless you can tell that they're doing some, unless you can feel the vibe of that's what would happen. Right. You can read when someone's doing that because. They're being absent-minded or am- or amateurish yeah. in a way. But you can also read when someone just does it and you're like, oh, that's totally fine that they left the mic yeah. stand because they're so big, I'm not looking at the mic stand. I'm following yeah, them as yeah, they yeah, walk yeah. away. And then when you come back and then do something with the mic stand, you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, the mic stand. Yeah. You're, you're touching on something really interesting. I actually, as you're saying that, I realized that I did that the other night and had a good set. I yeah. took it out and left it there. Almost as an experiment, like the playbook. Like on purpose. Yeah, to yeah. see to oh, totally. see if I could toy with that trope. Yeah. Because if you're playing with the, the mic cable in an amateur's kind of nervous way, that's then that's what the show is for me. I'm only seeing, when are they going to stop doing that? But you can do anything One of my if, you're, if your energy is huge. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. One right. of my favorite things to do is go up and grab the mic right there where you're not taking it out. And walk around as though you have taken it out. Yeah. And then at some point be like, I don't know. Does this come out? <laughs> like, That's then, really funny. And then take it out and be like, okay. So I was just doing that the whole time. I walked around with that. Nobody said anything. I can't believe this, Roy. <laughs> we, we, we've done this, the same thing. Uh, because I thought it was really funny because I'm 6'6", right? And you kind of want to be aware of how you're coming across on stage. Right. I thought it would re- be really funny that I'm like, I never talk about it. But pick up the whole mic stand with the mic in it. Yeah. And yeah. then just kind of as if I, I didn't even occur to me because it's so light right. and so pathetic and puny. <laughs> There's this weird kind of power move of picking the whole thing up. You're yeah. doing it as a bit. I was doing it to be like, what would it look like if a giant did stand up? Oh, yeah. But, that's the, but to me, that's what I love is the creativity using the few resources we have up there. Right. I mean, usually it's like stool if there's even a stool. Right. Mic stand, mic, sometimes not even a mic stand. Sometimes they just pass you a mic. Right. But, being able to work with whatever's up there, to me... And I think whatever's coming back at you, 
yeah. being honest there. I, I've never seen you, and I love this. Oh, my God. This is close to my heart, I just realized. There are certain performers. <laughs> it just hit me just now. Really. There are some performers that I've seen that make this fatal mistake that they go up and they're like, you can tell they're doing an impression of the last time that string of thoughts worked. Yeah. And it's I don't think there's anything worse to see. And I don't think you I've ever seen like they're going up and and there's fake improvs and and their their energy is huge. Your yeah. energy like I look at the crowd as fuel and and if they're giving you a lower octane fuel, then you're going to be a little bit lower. Yeah. Unless your play is to be like different. Yeah. But even there's a way to be like low energy, high energy, like still aware, respecting almost what the audience is giving you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also being authoritative over it at the right. same time. But if you just go up and you're like, like uh, someone just did Whiplash in New York and they just had a great set and then the next night you see them do the same set and they're throwing out the riffs that weren't necessary. No one laughed at that. Maybe drop that tag. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> that unnecessary synonymous tag that makes the same point as the first tag. I think that's what makes it so... Sometimes painful in doing those kind of shows because there's so much more than just the material and even just the stage presence. It's getting good at instinctually reading a vibe of a yeah, room and realizing yeah, yeah. that sometimes, you know, at Whiplash, in terms of, you know, in my opinion, kind of where I'm at as a performer, for me, Whiplash is like a theater. That's like a giant theater for me. I don't play like theaters. So when I'm at Whiplash and it's like, oh, this is like a built-in audience. They fucking love everything. You're like, oh, great. You can be big. You can really go in these other places. But to then take that act to a coffee shop that mm-hmm. has 10 people, four of which that knew about the show or are interested in the show, mm-hmm. and to think that that's the same show, it's not. Like You can play the same songs, but you can't play them the same way. Right. And if you don't... And if you try to play the same way, I think that audience, like you were just saying, gets turned off or disinterested because they're like, I don't think he's paying attention to us. I think that's exactly right. Yeah. It's a weird uh, symbiotic re- relationship that the performer wants to be paid attention to. But here's, here's something that I don't hear said as much, is that the audience needs a, a, te- a specific attention. Yeah. Direct. Yeah. Right to them. Like, there's, there's a lot of information. I think... If we're developing a skill as performers, one of them is interpreting laughs and responses. I like. I think that's you know that's our weird and it, it transfers into our real lives. I think we're getting a little bit more instinctive, a little bit more intuitive. Mm-hmm. I came in here and and the meltdown girl was just opening up. That's what I call her, the meltdown, the meltdown girl. girl. <laughs> she was opening up and uh, she. I could tell immediately. Look, I'm not saying that other people can't do this, but like. I realize that I'm taking people's temperature all the time. That's why it's hard for me to have Scott in the room. I'm not saying that in a bad way, but I'm checking on him this whole time. That's yeah. why I'm, I'm divided right now. Yeah. Katie, I'm used to. She sits there and laughs one out of 50 times, which is great. That's why I love it. I love it. Never change. I think, I think, uh, I think Todd's the a same A big way. laugh. Oh, you look like I just broke your heart. I don't want you laughing the whole time. You're not Robin. Howard Stern. I don't think you'd like it if she was laughing. No. It wouldn't feel genuine. Perfect. Even if it was genuine, it wouldn't feel genuine. If you're but, like, really? Every, it's like what you're saying, the Twilight thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think Todd's like that. I think Todd has to check in on everybody and like, see who, what's going on. Of course. I get that. I, I think I get that a little bit too, but I, I can't handle... I mean, when we went, remember that when we went to dinner in, in Portland before the Bridgetown, that first show, we went out with the that girl that... 
driver and she took us to that place it was me you and Buscemi oh yeah like oh. even at dinners like that I get very because I it's so many people yep I can't get a read on what's going on because also you not that I want to be the center of attention if I were the center of attention then I could get a read on the room but this is a situation where I'm not the center of attention and realize I don't want to be and so my uncomfortability isn't oh I wish I could make the room laugh or something but no it's sitting there going oh, I don't know I can't I can't reach out with the vibe and feel what this room feels I can only work with my table here yeah and it makes me feel like yeah it makes me uncomfortable I don't, it's why I think I don't like crowded places uh, me neither. Parties are very difficult with performers often. Uh, yeah. you know, I, I've said this on the show before, but Seinfeld talks about being nervous in the green room with his agents and his managers and these, and these well-wishers, you know, and he doesn't know what to say to these people, but then he goes out into the 1,000, into the 2,000 seat theater. I know what to say to those people. That's yeah. a real control thing. Yeah. And I, I don't want to try and romanticize it or make us sound like superheroes, like we can't shut off like Daredevil. You, know, you could also spin it the other way and say we're kind of like misfits and, and it's weird. We're weirdos, mm-hmm. psychos, sociopaths or whatever. But I remember if you're... You've, you've just touched on one of the main arguments for dating a comedian or at least hanging out with comedians. Because if you and I went to dinner, as we have, mm-hmm. and I said to you, you know, something basic, like what, what's going on here? Like meaning f- 10, 15 minutes into the meal, I point at a guy that has like a huge wider mustache. There's no way you didn't notice him already. Right, yeah. <laughs> Whereas like when you hang out with other types of people, and even some comedians aren't, aren't observational in that way. Uh, but like I remember when I was dating Jamie Lee, that was one of the things that really made me relieved was I was like, I know she knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, you know, that started to go sour after a while because she would reflect back to me just my own inability to tune <laughs> things out. Because right. I, like, I, you'd be like, why can't we just have a normal dinner? I'd be thinking to myself because that's how I was when I was with her. But if we went, a lot of times we'd go to dinner and we'd just pay attention to the couple next to us because we can't tune it out. Right. Like, what are we going to do? Yeah. There's some guy... That's just like, you know, and you're just like, listen to this fucking guy. Yeah. yeah and you, you say like three words of the whole meal. It's, I, it's, just, it's strange because you can't, there's nothing you can do about it. You can try to, you can try to tune it out. And sometimes you can a little bit, but right. it's but, too fucking tough. <laughs> I mean, if you're training yourself so much to give an audience that attention that yeah. they want, it's hard to shut it off when you're not doing it. I don't even yeah. know if you'd want to shut it off because that's a little bit where material comes from. Yeah. In fact, I have a bit. That I wrote after uh, Jamie and I went – this is years ago – went out to eat and the table next to us had this conversation. It's Maybe you've heard it as the bit about the guy who brags about everything because he literally said, if I saw someone attack my mother, I'd lose it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, the fuck is this? Do you – who wouldn't get upset? If they saw someone attacking their mother. (laughs) So you get that out of there. So I don't think you even want to shut off that extra sensory sort of stuff. Right. Uh, but it, it is interesting to me the idea that when there is a certain type of laugh, there's a certain type of groan, there's a certain type of applause, you're getting information, and that needs to inform to the millisecond how the performer is responding, even, even down even, to smiles and I was eye about contact. to say, even, even more than a millisecond, even like less than a millisecond, like just yeah. instant, like turning on a light switch, it has to... Yeah. It has, the, and the it does happen, light, I think. The speed of light. I really think, it, I think that's what's so amazing about what we can read with our minds is knowing instantly how it is, like what the, 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 what's happening. And I think that's why there is a part of me. that's like, Oh, maybe sometimes you should turn it off. But to me, like when you look at guys like Bill Burr now and like, you know, CK and, and just comics that 
are just on fire with mm-hmm. so many specials coming out and so much new material. My buddy just saw Bill Burr in D.C., and he went up, and he was like, yeah, I'm working on some stuff. And he did an hour and 20 minutes, and my buddy was like, that could just be the special. Him working on something is already a special for me. He's like, mm-hmm. it was solid. And I was like, I think that's because you get to a point in a Jedi way where you go, I'm going to erase. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the blue pill, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say goodbye to the off switch. Mm-hmm. Not not the no, annoying off switch, right, right, right. But the off switch of tuning out, and instead you just keep it on all the time. And every single motion of anybody, it starts to become the fucking matrix where you see you see the not code. material, but yeah. you see the the seed mm-hmm. of an idea with somebody just doing anything. Like the amount of things that you think to yourself uh, daily, on a daily basis, you could have an hour special. <laughs> Just with your own thoughts about Absolutely. what you think about, but you forget to listen. Well, to that's that. that's a little bit what this podcast is. I noted, like today, I started talking about how a Bob Seger lyric put me into a, a pretty real de- sadness uh, yeah. regarding my father. There's a lot happening. Harvey Picar, ordinary life is pretty uh, complicated stuff, or whatever. He said something along those lines. I'm with you in yeah. any moment. If we're tuning in, if we are Neo or Bill Burr, are Neo? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we can see. A lot, of, a lot of stuff worth commenting on, or, or, or maybe that, that's possible to comment on. Yeah. I mean, even that, that Bob Seger thing, like maybe even you just go, ah, it's so weird that that made me cry. But if you really sat and thought, like, yeah. God, you might find five minutes in that of on course. stage. Where, of it, where not only is it funny, but because it's so genuinely deep and right. real, right. audience members are going, that's never happened to me. Mm-hmm. But I know exactly what he's talking mm-hmm. about. I think that's really. I think that's one of the ideas of podcasts in general. That's where. That's where at least I get to dump whatever I'm thinking of today. Like when I was coming here, I was like, "What are Rory and I going to talk about?" It. There's, I did no prep or anything. Mm-hmm. I was just like, "I think we'll, there's stuff." There's <laughs> like I stuff. could literally just be like, "What are you thinking about today?" Yeah. Because sometimes catching three green lights on the way to meltdown will put me in this different space yeah. and start making me think about luck and fortune or whatever yeah uh it, it's it's really interesting one thing that i was going to tell you about uh reading audiences this that topic seems very interesting to me for some reason i was talking about, i was doing that playboy bit <laughs> and i said because what i was going to say to you sometimes you read the audience wrong and it'll haunt me forever yeah you ever you ever like like let's say you do a show and you didn't know three comedians because you didn't see the whole show before you did this whole thing about sandboxes and it was horrible like, and he really just talked about sandboxes for 20 minutes, and it didn't work at all. And then you go up and you start talking about sandboxes, not knowing that someone, three people before you, did sandboxes. So you go, so uh, I'm thinking about getting my kid a sandbox, and everyone groans. Yeah. And then you see the comedian, uninformed, be like, I know, it's kind of a typical thing, or, or what is it? Are kids choking on sand? Like, you see them grasping yeah. at straws. That always breaks my heart. Yeah. And if it happens to me, it's, it's sad, too, because I said about the Playboy, because remember, it's a nostalgia purchase. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then I said the first thing I got when I opened it from its like safety bag or you know like comic book bag was I smelled it. And uh and maybe people are groaning at home too, but someone was like, "Oh." Right? And I was like this is what I said. Listen to what I said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cuz I'm <laughs> I'm trying to juggle and yeah. I wanted to relive this moment. Yo, totally, so someone totally. groans and I go at the idea of me smelling a Playboy. Now what I did mean was because there's cologne inserts in it. And smell triggers memory better than any any yeah. sense. So I'm going to smell it, 
and I'm going to be 12 again. Yeah. And that is what happened. I smelled it, and immediately I was sitting Indian-style. Is that offensive? Cross-legged <laughs> in, my, in my child's uh, Indian style? I've said Indian-style. They've been like, I don't know if that's offensive. I think we're not supposed to say it. I don't know. Uh, it's, a, it's a good style. I don't think it's offensive. It's a positive style. Yeah, it's a positive style. So I'm sitting Indian-style. Let's own it. Yeah. In my wigwam. <laughs> okay, now wait a second. Okay, now hold on. <laughs> and uh, and it, it just transformed me. But then I said, uh, so he groaned, and then quickly you have to do that comedian math. What you really need to realize here, the lesson here, is there's no rush. Take your time. Yes. Talk oh, it yeah. out. Think about why someone could have groaned. Yeah. But instead I rapid fired. I think I had the light. Sometimes that works. Though. I shot off and I said, not to smell women's pussies. My thinking was that he was thinking, gross, you're smelling a magazine with nude girls in it because you think you're going to smell their pussies? He, I've thought about it since then. I have some questions. Okay, my diagnosis, and I wonder if yours is the same, is that I'm smelling a used Playboy, so I'm thinking he groaned because presumably dudes are looking at this with their dick out and maybe even coming in it. Yeah. Well... Sometimes guys come on pornography. But to me, this is the great thing of doing... Scott, have you ever come on pornography? Never come on the pornography. Nothing? You've never come on a thing? It's never as fun as you think it is. Rory? Yeah. (laughs) And it's not. It doesn't do what you want. The second you do it, you're like, I've just come on glossy paper. Who am I? (laughs) It's a real moment. When did I go left when I should have gone right? (laughs) When? Today? Sweet 16. I'll do that until I get to the chorus. Bob, Bob, Bob. Yeah. No. Scoop boop beleed. No, no, no. We need 16 turn 31. People, no, you can't say the thing again. 1631. I write the records. This is when Bob Singer really went off the rails. I'll write what I want. Then he turns the TV off with a cane. Silver Bullet, what do you guys think? <laughs> Come on, Silver Bullet. What do you guys think about this? Is that his band? I think so, isn't it? Silver Bullet band? I thought it was... No. So what What are your questions? <laughs> the the Seegers? What are you... Bob Seeger and the Seegers? What are cigarettes? your questions? The cigarettes! This is my hard pack of cigarettes. <laughs> One, two, three. Turn the page. I forgot to say what song. Those are the cigarettes. Bob Seeger and the cigarettes. <laughs> Oh, I'd like to smoke one of those cigarettes. <laughs> you guys are so smooth, I want to smoke it. <laughs> cigarettes. <laughs> Bob think... opens his eyes a little wider. Stadium's empty. Stadium, no one's there. He's already, he doesn't realize. I think going back to you saying opening up and the guy going, uh, and then you, your instinct being, because that's what he thought. Yep. Like, oh, because maybe he thinks I'm trying to smell pussies. Like, I'm not trying to yeah. smell women's pussies. One, that's now... To, to me, retelling this on stage right. is now two to three more punchlines in right. that joke of, right. you know, one time I, when I said that, because I'm, n- I'm never against that, because maybe you do have to set up or you rewrite it to where it's, it is happening in the yeah. moment. If, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you just go, sometimes I opened a guy and went, oh, and I was like, oh, I'm not trying to smell the girl's pussies. And that's stupid. Like, why am I doing no, it? But no, no, no. You know what I'm saying. What you're saying is use every part of the buffalo as we sit in their style. Yeah. And I think... And you, you even saying this, uh, you even recapping that instant, I think 
if you haven't already, I imagine you probably will go. You know, I did tell this joke one I, time. I, or at I, least you get to the end, you see how the punchline went, and then you go, you know, one time when I did that joke. I mean, maybe you do it one time. You know? Right. You're talk- what you're talking about is some next level shit, and I love it. And I think it applies to all different types of creativity, and it also just kind of applies as a life philosophy. It's like an acceptance of what's happening and a rolling with it and an appreciation of it yeah. and a not trying to go against it sort yeah. of thing. Kind of being above what's happening. Well, I think it's like when you say, when we're getting on stage and we're talking about, you know, that, the vibe of that room is something that you play to. Right. I think thinking about like Patrice O'Neill, in my opinion, listening to him or watching him is almost like watching a guy who just went on stage and was like, uh, you know, record this special. This will just be my podcast. Like right. he he's just talking. It just and it feels like he's just talking. Right, right, right. And I think it's a matter of, I I feel like in that instance, you open it up and you smell it. And I open it up and I smell it. And some guy going ah, it's like we've just diverted for five minutes and maybe we continue in this direction or we see where this goes right. and we cut back over to the main street right. and keep going. Here's here's why people don't do this. I did the show in uh, Chicago. Chicago. And uh, one of one of uh, the weird weirdos came to the show, and she said the most perfect thing to me. She said, uh, "They they just weren't letting you be yourself." Is what she said. And I couldn't believe that somebody saw me so perfectly. So I don't mean like perfectly. She she got it. She got you. Was that I went out, and boy was I trying. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was riffing. I was pointing at people. I was if I said sniff a magazine, not for pussies, then I'd do something about wouldn't it be weird if you could smell pussies? <laughs> Good housekeeping would be more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to read that uh, Oprah magazine, kind of an older pussy you know what I mean? <laughs> just whatever. Yeah, just and I was doing well by my own I was making myself laugh. Yeah. Just zero. Just a crowd that was just like just the look on their face was so like, what is this? Now, I'm not saying the lesson should be don't do what I did. I think I tried the right thing. It just didn't happen. They didn't allow it to happen. That's where it goes. Like sometimes I try to manipulate the crowd to be into what I want them to be a yeah. little bit because I feel like they're pliable. Yeah. And other times you look out and they're like older and it's seven o'clock and <laughs> they just want – I don't know what they want. I think it's, it's not me. I think that's an interesting sub – conversation of the reading the audience and playing different shows and and playing a different energy for those different shows because i have played and it kind of frightens me i i I feel like now recently within the last year i've played a lot of shows where the response was not well and Mm -hmm. i had a lot of fun Mm. and each time i come off i go i don't know if that was the right thing to do or if maybe i've hit a point in my career where no matter what I need to play how I want to fucking play, mm. and it doesn't matter what their response is. So it's been an ongoing debate in my head because I think it's not the same argument of going up and being like, well, I'm not at Whiplash. I'm at this coffee shop, so I should pull it back. Mm-hmm. Because in those situations, I totally do that. But there'll be times where I pull it back and I give that coffee shop show, and I'm having a blast. Mm-hmm. And I and I know the whole time, like, I'm not doing well. I know I'm not doing well, but yet I'm still having fun. And the, you know what? So funny. Almost man. in those cases, there's always two or three people that you can see they're, they're loving, loving it. it. Yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. like, I think it, you make that call. Right. Because you have an opportunity to, to divert and totally change the set. Yeah, yeah. But in that moment, I think you go, no, I think me and those three people are right about me. I yeah. think we're all right about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those three people, they'll come back next time, and I bet they all bring one person. Now yeah, I'm at yeah, six. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't think like... Not that that's, that's great, but no, 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 no. You know, you don't look at it like, well, if I did what this audience thinks I oh, should do, so, I'm not going to have any fun. So then, what is the point? Really, it's so perfectly put. It's so perfectly put. I, I I'm right there with you. I, I yeah. think we're supposed to do that. I think we're supposed to just have that uh, moment. You see, that's that Zen 
thing. That's that like kind of existing outside of it and doing and doing it your way sort of thing. I think that is more valuable yeah. than just killing. Yeah, being yourself, and then you get off the stage, and you're not you're not grading it based on laughs or applause. You're grading it on like, was I there? Yeah, did I do something that was in that moment or whatever? Even if you are doing the material, because sometimes with those horrible crowds, seven o'clock, older audience or whatever, you I, I'll just do my act. It's almost like reading tweets; like they just need to be lulled into it. Because yeah. there's the other side of that coin, which is like you're supposed to deliver. But I think I've been trying to deliver too much, and I need to get back to that Gerard. Rory sort of thing, which is like I also need to deliver myself. <laughs> you know how you know how I see it, and maybe this would be an interesting way for you. I don't know. Maybe you'll like this, but it's my mm. philosophy of it is like you're gonna do so. Like think of how many shows you've done already in your career. You don't even know. It's mm. just it's ongoing. It's just mm. and, there, and there's so many more that you kind of look at it like it's a painting, and you go, well, every show is its own canvas. So how boring would it be? to use the same colors, to paint the same objects, to make everything exactly the same. You know right. you are going to use blue, but why does blue have to always go here? Why don't I put it over here? And I think looking at it as a painting, in those situations, I see it now as, oh, I'm doing this painting. And because I think you guys are the type of audience that goes to Walmart and buys a painting to go in your bathroom, that literally 50,000 people could go buy mm -hmm. and put in their bathroom. More. I'd rather make this painting that you just decide to not buy because I know what you do buy, and that's just not what I sell you. <laughs> I paint this kind of shit. And there's some people that go, you know what? I don't even care that his painting isn't that great. I like that it's his painting, mm. and that's what it looks like, and that's the value to me, mm -hmm. as, you know, speaking as an audience member, versus the other people that are like, Oh, what would my friends think if I bought that painting? They'd be like, why did you buy that painting? Mm -hmm. It's like, I already don't like you. Get out of my face. You're not my audience. Oh, God. <laughs> Fucking great, man. I get so much out of this show. Don't you think that? I think I feel yeah. like if that's the audience's mindset, yeah. it's like, I bet we don't like the same music. And if we do, we don't like it for the same reasons. You right. like it because you have a friend who likes it and you think that friend's cool. Right. <laughs> that's why you like right, something. Right, right, And that's okay. It, and, and which is totally the, the fine, attitude but of no, I'm no, not no. trying to win you. The attitude yeah. of I'm not for everybody. This painting isn't for everybody, but I I sure enjoyed painting it because yeah. it sucks. It sucks when you try and still fail when you try and win them over, and you're, you're like I should have just done me, and then you feel like failed. you sold out on everybody. You right. feel like well they didn't like it, which which goes to show you no matter what you did they weren't going to like it. It's like a negative YouTube commenter who goes fail, and you're right. like. I bet if I did a set that you wrote for me, yeah. you'd still hate it. Yeah, you'd yeah, still yeah. leave a comment because your world isn't getting something from this set. I mean, I understand right. not liking. There's a lot of stand-up comedy that I fucking hate. Right. But I just don't give a shit to go, I hate this. Right. Your thing is, uh, you do want to fucking leave a comment. It doesn't even matter if that was fucking yeah. Seinfeld yeah, doing yeah, yeah. The, his, his, at his peak, doing his greatest right, five right, minutes right, of right, all right, time. right. right. You would still go, nah, fuck, it's super stupid. There's always stupid. somebody that'll hate it, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what Cosby said. Uh, it bears repeating. I know I've said it before, which is I don't know the key to success, but the key to failure is trying to please everyone. Yeah. And I, I think you're right. I think we should listen to ourselves and, and try and be our own lifeguards a little bit. That's why I like it. I, I think a great gauge is going up and trying to somewhat play to the comedians. Not, yeah. like, not in an inside way, yeah. but in a, well, if the comedians are laughing at this. Right. And, and, the and wait, I'm not and doing the something inside. They're in the wait staff. You're yeah. like, they... No, I think they're right. I yeah. think they're right, and I think I'm right. And if they're fucking laughing, then fuck it. That's who I'm entertaining tonight. Yeah, because here, here's a weird one. Because this is interesting. Like, 
I know other comedians. Okay, so I I try and dabble in both of these worlds. I I like to dabble in the discipline. Like I'm going to write this out. I try sometimes. I'm going to be like I'm going to write this up. Usually when I'm getting ready for something. Yeah. Uh, and there's a little bit of polish applied, and I know what I'm going to do. And I don't forget that tag. I love that tag. Don't forget that tag. It's like it becomes a little bit more of a science. Yeah. And then I'm also into this camp that we're talking about now, which is a little bit more of the ethereal, ethereal, yeah, art sort of free flowing thing. Both. But then, okay, so there have been times like when I heard you say you put out your CD. What's it called? Dilation. Sorry, I knew that. I could picture the cover, but I was like, unperturbed? <laughs> <laughs> uh, or, the, or you always take the moment to like plug your own CD. You're like, is it impregnated with wonders? I'm like, no, that's your, Pete, you knew that was your CD. Is it called Pete Holmes impregnated with wonder? You didn't know I had an album? That's weird. This you can is how get you it. always lead into your own album. <laughs> you can get it right now. You can pause this podcast and get it right now. Uh, Dilation. Dilation is is the album. And I remember you said to me, you said, I like that my album has bits that are newer that I hadn't yet finished. Yeah. When you said this, I shit my holier-than-thou pants. You know what I mean? I was like, what is Rory thinking? You have to understand that like, I'm now on this kick of like, I get it. I'm smoking what you're smoking. I'm in the Neo place. But it, uh, when you said this, I had judgment in my – I'm not uh, proud of this. I'm kind of confessing this. Yeah. You were like, I didn't finish the bits. So the CD has bits unfinished. But what I like about that is then they come and see me and then they'll see the bits completed. Yeah. And when you said that, I was like, you might as well have been like, I'm marrying my sister. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to be like, well, if you're in love – because it sounded insane. That's the micro- right. That's the yeah. Microsoft in me. That's kind of like, well, we, we have a bottom line, and you got to deliver the bits. Yeah. That's why it's so hard to do a CD. People are like, got to deliver those bits at this yeah. time, and it's got to record. And you did a thing where you riffed. You, it's wonderful, by the way. I don't, I don't think anybody would buy that album and be like, I'd love to hear the end of it. You're <laughs> riffing. You're doing things that people would, I think, would have before been like, that's not possible on an album. Something that people don't really go for on an album. A little bit of spontaneity, a little bit of uh, immediacy that I don't think you normally see. I think it's a little bit of that, because um, what you're saying about the polishing and prepping and stuff, I'm trying to get better at that. Yeah. But going into that CD, I just did not know how to prepare, and I don't like how I prepared. But I do like that my uh, philosophy on it was, I should perform tonight the way that I would perform if I were booked at this club, and I wasn't doing a CD. Mm. Because I would do these newer things, and I would want to play around with them. And if a drink got spilled, I would want to talk about it mm-hmm. for as long as I could milk it. And I like the fact that there's a cash register, like, printing out receipts <laughs> in the back, and you can hear the clanking drink. Like, to me, that's where my shows at this point in my career, that's where they happen. They and that's happen where they, I that. was just going to say, they exist in that in-between yeah. space. And I kind of, I mean, I know there's, obviously, there's tons of people that, that don't like that. They don't like that in the CD. They don't like my stuff. I One guy wrote a review that's like, it just seemed like a pothead who's unpolished and when i read that scene i was like he's not wrong i was like i it is unpolished and it's not <laughs> and like i'm I hiding it weed. but but it, my, that <laughs> ideally my, there would have been a yeah. small joint up there the whole yeah. time <laughs> but my pro, my the proud thing i took from reading that negative review was the fact that i was like well i'm glad i didn't hide that because that is who i am i am yeah. a pothead who is a little bit lazy with my material right and if i were to record that cd exact cd today you'd go god that's polished that material's polished and it's like yeah, and what I learned was 
when to record a CD. You know what I mean? I <laughs> learned good... when to do it. Thank but how would you ever know when yeah. to record a CD until yeah. you recorded a CD? Right, 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 right. You, f- you were figuring it out. But if I faked it, if I tried to have a polish, I was like, I'm going to go back. I'm going to do old bits that I hate, that I don't yeah. even do anymore. Yeah. There's a reason why I don't do jokes anymore. It's because they don't fucking interest me anymore. Like, I don't understand. Even if a joke is brand new and you do it one time, and you do it a second time, you're like, ah, it's not fun anymore. Like, I'd rather just, like, this, of us trying to say there's a material all the time, you just got to tune into it. It's like, why get caught up on shit that you don't even, doesn't even stimulate you? Right. It's like just, you're like, well, I'm a guy, I smoke pot, but can I tell you something? I've never actually gotten high. It doesn't do anything to me. It's like, then why are you still fucking right, smoking right, right, it? Right, right, right. Move on, do something else. I think it becomes then a different exercise. I think it becomes a little bit uh, more self serving. Like, if I tell a joke that I know is amazing, Mulaney and I one time said this when you're killing. And the waves of laughter are just washing up on you. Mm -hmm. And you realize that they're laughing in the middle of the joke. You know what I mean? It's a bit, not just a joke. It's not like a one-liner. And you realize that you have in your back pocket this fist of a line. You're going to take out and smash them in the face. It's one of the best feelings in the world. I think a very close second or maybe equal is that being in the moment and being like, "I'm, I'm going to find something new for this. But the surf of the material that is polished and ready to go and presentable, I think the thrill then becomes how are they going to receive it? How How's the timing going to be affected? How will I merge the performance with their response even though I, I know the words that are coming? becomes the, the, the thrill of it becomes how well can I perform it, Yeah, I think. I think it all becomes, to me, to me 80% of it is the performance. Sure. Because I mean, you could, you could, like you said, you adjusted a microphone, yeah, yeah, yeah. and people laughed at. Not, I'm saying that's like the performance, no. but that right away, that, the thing that went off in your brain when you adjust that microphone, the audience laughed. You were like, "I'm going to perform the fuck out of, of these course. jokes." You want you, the the uh, I, may, you're, I bet in your mind you're like, "I may not get to three things tonight." I, I went not. short. <laughs> I ran out of time. Yeah, because I real something again gathering the intel. Yeah, adjust mic, laugh. Imagine what if you like that you're gonna love a head turn, you know what I mean? And boy, did they love a head turn! Love a sip of water. It became well that that what what information did we get from that? It was like they're paying so close attention to me that I did I planted and didn't move very much, and then became very deliberate. Yeah, literally about when I turned my head. Yeah, and it became this really different i wasn't expecting to be that way and we merged and made this thing happen even though it was this material and i ran out of time and it's also like right away you're like they like me they already like me and i've said nothing they They, like me i think that's the benefit also of of, uh, the more famous you get for example people will you're talking about your six in the coffee shop realistically that's becoming i don't know for you 15 people 20 people on a thursday coming out to each show, Friday, 20 people, Saturday, 30 people. You know what I mean? And then the yeah. rest are, you know, uh, regular, uh, non-fans. Isn't there a part of it? What's so weird to me is also this phase that I'm going through where I look at that because at this point, after having some of the TV stuff that I've had and mm-hmm. even doing like podcasts that have a lot of listeners, as you know, you get a lot of people that are like huge podcast fans yeah. that come onto the shows. There's a part of me that like it kind of puts this new pressure where you're like, oh, I don't want to do something where I'd lose you. Yeah. And then, but at the same time, you're like, but do you understand that sometimes this can go horribly wrong? Yeah. Are you if you're a fan of me, you must know that well, sometimes this is a nightmare that's and I don't know how to swim out of it. <laughs> and then sometimes that fan comes up to you and says they wouldn't let you be yourself. Totally. And you yeah, go, yeah, yeah. let's let's hug for twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> let's hug and not breathe. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what else it does is is the more we put out of ourselves, the more you're talking about not faking, okay? 
And if you fake, I was just having this conversation with somebody. If your show business persona is too far from who you really are, mm-hmm. I would. Uh, the examples that this person used were Michael Jackson and Tom Cruise. Then the quicker you'll go crazy. Yeah, that's that's going to happen. You're going to deteriorate. You're going to become insane because you're like, I'm the king of pop. Yeah. And then when your album, I'm I'm hacking somebody. I'm using somebody else's ideas. Uh, and your albums after Thriller aren't as good, you start to lose your mind because you can't keep up with what you think you're supposed to be. Yeah. But if you're like, I'm a stoner or I enjoy pot, let's say that. Stoners seem so, you know, you, you enjoy pot and you're, you're not, not that hard on yourself about reciting material. Yeah. Then you've never false advertised and you'll never be in trouble. Yeah. If I went out to shows and was just like a complete dick or wasn't like religiously aware or whatever it is that I am – there's a, too many people that are like, this is not right. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not being him. Yeah. That's the kind of heckling you want. <laughs> yeah. Not, not that anyone Honest. should yell that out, but like that they want you to be you. And I think, I think that's probably what we're both, probably both going for. I think a lot of that comes from who your musical ins- influences and inspirations are. Like I, you can tell when a comic's like, ah, I like this band. You're like, I can, I can see that. Is that, you, you really mean music? Oh, literally music. I think, I what think. What does that mean? I don't know. I mean, I, if there's certain bands that you really love, there's got to be something about why you love them. And to me, that is so... To me, it, you, sh- you should be influenced by comics that came before you. Mm-hmm. But you should also be influenced by other art that has nothing to do with stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, l- studying like the Beatles and how they became the Beatles and over their entire course of their career, what they did as the Beatles. And then right. also... You know, even that Scorsese documentary about George Harrison, so like seeing good. who George Harrison was and being so like, good. and Bob Dylan, like Scorsese's Bob Dylan documentary, and being like, Bob Dylan yeah. was this type of guy. And also, uh, right now, I, I I love Dark Side of the Moon when I was in high school. That's That was a huge influence for me, uh, lyrically. But now that I'm older, I really have gotten super into more Pink Floyd. Not all of it. I don't love all of it. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of it I do love. And in my head, I like being like, you know, sometimes Pink Floyd just takes you on this fucking super high trip. Not in a fish jam kind of way. They take you to like weird, dark fucking places. Mm-hmm. And then the lyrics just come back in. You're like, oh, my God, this song is still going. And we went on a thing. And there's sound effects coming out of nowhere. <laughs> to me, it's like, God, I, I wish I could do that with stand-up. I saw Roger Waters do The Wall four times i've gone to see that show and all i've thought every time is how at the end of my career can i get to do this mm. and all i can think is well in stand-up comedy you can't but you can try to encapsulate the value and the creativity and the big ideas and the, the novelty and the and the uh, like the wall is an amazing album because everyone can relate to it like if there's something relevant and it's like well that's what you can do you can try to get into material that maybe goes a little further into yourself mm. because more people relate to it than you think mm-hmm. like that kind of stuff. So that's what I mean when like there was a time when I was like super into uh, not necessarily the music of the doors, but I loved the confidence of watching footage of Jim Morrison on stage and going, you should be like that as a comedian. You, if he jumps around completely unembarrassed and he looks like an idiot, hmm. but he loves it. And that's how a comedian should be. Yeah. You should fucking <laughs> yeah. play the guitar like, yeah, I don't give a fuck if you like this. I'm yeah. gonna fucking play this goddamn guitar. I, I think you can. One of the roles of the comedian can be an example to be like, I'm having fun. I'm ha- not just in a silly, trite way, but I'm deeply enjoying this moment myself. Yeah. You guys, everything right now. Be like me. It's like the. Hopefully, it's like a kindergarten class, and you know, teachers often have to be silly. 
to get the kids to be silly sometimes. Maybe not kindergarten. Uh, but, like, I remember being in third grade and we were singing this song. I think about this all the time, actually. Yeah. It was one of my first, like, observations <laughs> as a kid. So I, it might have been second grade or something. And we were singing this song that goes... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He has eleven. Eleven fingers. Look and see. Right? It's this like Dr. Seuss song about a guy yeah. with eleven fingers. Now I thought it was stupid. I don't know why. Because I started <laughs> to learn cynicism and how to close my heart is the truth. <laughs> That's what has happened. I had started to learn how to be a grown-up at a young age, and I was dabbling in closing my heart. Yeah. And I was like, this is dumb. Everyone else was singing. And old Petey old Petey Pants like... wasn't singing in assembly that day. Yeah. I looked to my left, and there was my teacher. And, you know, back then she seemed so old. She was probably in her 20s. You yeah. know what I mean? Probably maybe 30s. I think her name was Susan. And I looked at Susan, and she was going, one, two, three, four, five. Like, and she knew I was looking at her, but she was looking forward, which is what I should have been doing. She was singing, which is what I should have been doing. She's enjoying herself, which is what I should have been doing. You know what I mean? So yeah. I just looked at her, and I wish the punchline to the story was I went, oh, yeah, have fun. But the, the rest was I go, She's faking it. <laughs> I, I think about that so much. I can't believe it hasn't come up on the podcast. A little Pete going like, sometimes people fake it. Yeah. Like she's trying to teach. I know what you're doing. Yeah. You're trying to teach me right now. Yeah. Fuck you. I'm not singing the 11 finger song. I like that though. I like that your thing was like, fuck you. Well, you're a, faking that's it. That's a different kind of fun. Oh, then I, I started. Then I started to learn the pleasures of the introverted curmudgeon fun, which yeah. is a different kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm not here to tell you what kind of fun. <laughs> Sometimes you don't want to sing along. Yeah. One of my first bits was about how I hate fun. Chicken dance. That's fun. Fuck fun. <laughs> 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 but sometimes do the goddamn chicken dance, man. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Dancing at weddings, singing karaoke is fun. But I but <laughs> but honestly, if you if you feel it then yes. Mm. But if you don't, then no. But like he, in that moment that teacher had to cuz she had to be like, look, you should be doing this. So look, if maybe if you see me doing it, you'll right. go, "Oh, everyone's doing it." Right, right, right. But if you go up on stage, there's a part of you that's like, "I'll be honest with everybody here." I've said this in shows. I'll stop and I'll be like, I want everyone to know, just so you know, I don't want you to think I'm crazy. I'm having so much fun. Yeah. And I know now, I now, at this point, five minutes in, now I no longer care if you fucking have fun. Yeah. And then that gets people going, oh, I, it helps I am having relax. I hear some people, you can feel their minds go, oh, I am having fun. Maybe I should show it. I... <laughs> and then they kind of start to loosen up. Rory, we're, we're cut so much from the same cloth. Here are two things that I, that I say on stage that I think you'll enjoy. One is, I'll say we're having a good time. I like saying that. <laughs> I, I like it. saying that in life. I've seen you. I love that. Yeah, we're having a good time. Yeah. And, it's, and then sometimes it's funny. It always catches people off guard and it makes people laugh. And the other thing, <laughs> I was doing this the other day. I did this riff. <laughs> I did this riff about uh, video game characters always eat food they find on the ground. Yeah. right? And I'd love to be their doctor and they're like, hey, what have you been eating? <laughs> and they're like, you know, like... Ham, I'll find like a ham. You'll find a ham. You know, like <laughs> you know, like I'll kick a barrel and there there'll be a ham there. I'll just go ahead and I'll I'll eat it. Ham will get I'll me. kick a barrel. And there'll just be a ham in it, so sometimes ham. Yeah. Sometimes an apple. Apple will get me like halfway there. Uh, it depends on what level I'm in. Exactly. And then it it opened with it opened with what have you been doing lately? Oh fighting. <laughs> Mostly left to right fighting. <laughs> 
starts easy, gets difficult. You know, as I'm fatigued, I'll pick up, you know, a pipe. If there's one. Yeah, if there's a pipe, I'll pick it up. If there's an apple, I'll eat the apple. <laughs> Sometimes there's like a fully cooked rotisserie chicken. I'll just eat it one bite. Sometimes I'll just for hours carry around giant coins. <laughs> like even physical. <laughs> I, I'm, are you are you just, you know, carrying anything with you? Hundreds of coins. <laughs> Oversized. Hundreds of oversized Couldn't coins. possibly fit in my pot. You won't even believe where I have them stored. I, I mean, you look at my body, you can't. You think you can't possibly have those coins. But when I fall down, I drop some of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to keep a hold of all these coins. I love this so bit. I, did I this love bit. this bit. I know. Bit. Well, what is it? It's a playground it's bit. It's a fucking beautiful bit. It's a Thank you. It's a playground oh. bit, and you can do it as long as you want. Then I did it. And it was as fun as we were doing here. God, that was fun. Can but I you know what made it fun? Can I have those coins? Things? Oh, uh, every, all of it. What <laughs> right. made it fun was Getting the fact that... My hand. What made it fun and easy to figure out was the fact that we're seeing this all through the eyes of the doctor. If you don't put that doctor thing in there, that's harder to riff. Yep. It doesn't make as much sense. But going, well, if you're the doctor, yeah. then what are all the things the doctor would be upset about? Right, right, and right. boom, there's the and whole thing. Uh, that's exactly oh. right. That, thank you. That's exactly right. And, and that, because he goes, I'll eat a turkey. And it's like, uh, are you chewing it? No, one bite. Yeah, one bite. Whole, whole ham. And what, what is his voice choice? It just came out. It was just like kind of a, a It has a to be. Well, you know, because I'm picturing Hagar It's got to be dumb, kind of a dumb guy. Well, you know, I'll fight the boss. And sometimes when I beat the boss, he drops several chickens. I'll eat all of those. <laughs> You know, sometimes I hang out with my friend. She has a sword. Uh, sometimes she'll accidentally hit me. Not her fault. <laughs> you know, what's really weird is sometimes when she's out of energy, she'll fall down and then she'll blink and disappear. <laughs> like several times. But then she's back. Yeah, then she's back. I'll give her some of my ham. <laughs> I'll, I'll drop a ham by pressing B. Wait, now you're the player? Uh, it's hard for me to keep up with this rip. I'm also the player. I'll sometimes give her some of my ham. I'll give her one and of a couple hams. coins so she can buy her own stuff. Then I go to the store and I'll buy a torch and a raft. Now it's Zelda. It's all the games. I, no, it <laughs> should be all the games because I've got a thought Mario there, that golden axe, devil dragon. Sonic was in there. It should be all of them. Sonic drops rings when he falls. It should be all the things that are in games for one Everything. dumb guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who's and kind then, of like a chubby. What did you say you pictured the guy? Hagar. From? Yeah, from yes. Final Fight, the biggest guy. Yeah, that's why the voice is the funniest to Just me. Just kind of stupid. Sometimes I'll pick up a knife. I can throw it um, or use it close range. It's yeah. not a big deal. Depends on how much I yeah. want to use it. Sometimes I'll just go, I'll pick up tons of guns flipping through the jungle. Just flips. Ah, jungle ah, flips, we'll ah. call them. See, I have this gun that, uh, you know, I'll smash a computer monitor and it'll alter the gun. Yeah. Is this Contra? <laughs> yeah. You know, if I find an S, suddenly my gun is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of have some S's, some L's, and then so any letter. And then before I know it, we're fighting vertically. It's, it's a little different. Yeah. It's kind of fun, though. Hurts my neck. So I think I might have some neck stuff. <laughs> there are these ghosts chasing me, but so I need some of those huge pills, you know? <laughs> it's Pac-Man. So anyway, I'm doing that riff. I love that. I love it, too, and I love that you love it. But that's, okay, we've uncovered a lot of things. One, I love it. Okay, yeah. that's that we're in the Rory Scoville wheelhouse right now because I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Two, I did the bit, and then I didn't. I never wanted it to end. We're still in that wheelhouse, Roy. Yeah. This is your house. <laughs> I didn't want it to end. In fact, I would have done it the whole show if I could have. Yeah. It peaked in the middle, somewhere around like an apple will get me halfway. Huge laugh, and then I kept going really, really long. Yeah. Now, notice I didn't say too long. Too long would have been a judgment. I'm, I'm editorializing. Yeah. What really did, I just kept going, and it didn't peak at the end. 
And this is what I said that I think is in the lesson that you're teaching me again and also uh, hopefully some of the comedian listeners or whatever or however it applies to different people's lives is the idea that at the end I said, I'm aware that this didn't peak at the end. And then I looked at them and I just went, I want you to know I have no regrets. <laughs> and like – yeah. Like huge, it, it was it was a tiny room. It yeah, wasn't, it was like, you know, Is but that, like it was so fun to no, but to Jim Morrison, I was the Lizard King. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. Well, because to me, you you have no choice with new material. You have no choice but to go too long to painfully rake through to yeah. find yeah all like, the things you can find, and at the end, yeah. be like. There isn't an end to this. And I think people who are smart enough to understand how stand-up comedy works, and there are more and more... When people talk about like uh, sort of like uh, comedy nerds, and I know that obviously some people have not enjoyed the comedy nerd uh, scene, but I think there are some audience comedy nerds who sit there and enjoy the fact that they are full, they're smart enough to know this is a new joke. And I bet Pete doesn't have a punchline. Mm. And the thing that I love about watching Pete Holmes is I know I may get to be at the show where he finds a punchline to a joke that maybe I see him do for who knows how long in front of how many people. It becomes our experience is really what it is. Because you don't get to sit in a studio with your band members and write a song. Right, You have to do it on stage in front of strangers who judge you. And you going at the end going... I realized it didn't peak and I have no regrets. All those people that clapped and, and got into it, I mean, whether it was the whole room or whoever it was, those are people that are like, I knew. I knew you did it. And I'm right. glad. you And you shouldn't have any regrets right, right, because right. you're right. Right. <laughs> you're yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. right about it. It becomes communal at that point. Yeah. I, I'm a big believer. I want it to be our show. That's why on nights when I can't find it and they don't let me be myself and it isn't our show and it's just my show, I don't yeah. like that show. I like the show where there's a, a participation. And it's weird to, to look the longer I go – People that do remind us of bits, me to you going, shut it down, you know, not right. necessarily, but fans saying, I really love that bit. Uh, you know, I've, I've started going, is there anyone that wants to hear a specific bit? That's one of my favorite things in the world. First of all, it's self-indulgent. I'm aware of that. Right. I even apologize. I go, I know. But I hate worse than looking like a douche is the guy that's like, I really wanted you to do magic. And if they want me to do magic, I want to do magic. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to do that bit. Yeah. And it's so fun to, I don't, I got off on a tangent. No, but I, I think you're. I, I think you're exactly right. Uh, it, yeah, sure, it is self indulgent. Yeah, but that absolutely. guy who does want to hear that joke is so happy you asked because yeah. you weren't going to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, I, "I want you to do that joke." And then yeah. that's one thing I love about Brian Regan that he does his encore. That's he, where it's I got basically it. like nobody yell out anything. I'm going to do my show. I'm going to leave and I'm going to come back and for the encore, I'm going to ask you what you want to hear. Yeah. And I bet you a lot of people want to hear the same stuff. So I bet. Overall, even if everyone in the room yelled, I bet we only say seven things. Yep. And I'm going to do all seven. And yep. everyone will go home going, I loved all the new, the whole new act. And we got to hear, he played yeah. some of the hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Perfectly that's beautiful. done. That's beautiful. Dimitri does uh, the same thing, too. And I, I really love it. It, it. I'm not at their level, though. So the fact that I do it is absurd. And there have been nights where it's a, it's a unique feeling to go. Any requests, essentially, no one knows who the hell I am. Right. Okay. Or one time, a couple people were like, do uh, Pierce or whatever. And I love doing Pierce, and then we do Pierce. And then uh, I go, anybody else? And someone goes, George W. Bush. <laughs> and I'm like, what? They're like, do Bush. They, just like, wa- they thought any request. Yeah, just yeah. any topic, yeah. anything. Talk about the war on drugs. I've literally, I've, I've gotten that. <laughs> I've literally gotten, not that, but I've gotten topics thrown at me before. Just like, 
Talk about science fiction. It is funny that they're, like, yeah. they're not wrong. They're not they're wrong. They're not wrong when you say it. I open it up. I would like to hear you talk yeah. about the election. Came kind of <laughs> thinking there'd be more candy material. <laughs> Get to the candy bits. What do you got on necklaces you can eat? <laughs> Anything? <laughs> then I shouldn't be here. Here's uh here's another topic uh <laughs> off the off the off the comedy then I, he shows himself out you hear the rattling of seven con- candy yeah. necklaces <laughs> was that candy necklace George <laughs> uh, I you and I one time ate weed chocolate and then did a show here yeah and it was great but then you uh, you had had uh, Ron Funches and I uh, talked about how you um had a bad mushroom trip and and yeah. there's there's Buddha Funches. Old booty oh, funch. Man. The perfect guy to have. He saved me. During a bad trip. He was the perfect companion. I bet he is. He I, kept me. He kept. I mean, I wasn't level, but he, he was the light at the end of the tunnel that I kept going towards. Just uh, perfect. His, his reasoning. <laughs> what was he saying? Well, I was just. Uh, because you, you've had a bad mushroom trip. Yeah. So I, you I, know that it's just this uncontrollable where the fuck. I never had these thoughts before. I've never. I closed my eyes. I've never even thought of these images, and yet I'm seeing. You get to see. Yeah. How much your brain actually stores that you just shoved away, I know. and stuff not even stuff that's like Import- psych- psychologically damaging or important. It's just shit, yeah, like yeah. just weird images. Here's and, an eraser singing. Yeah, and you de- now, that's like, not even what? that far off. You're like, yeah. why am I thinking yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been taking this weird shaman dream tea. Yeah. <laughs> Only in L.A. does that sound like a very common sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I had it shipped from Chicago, actually. Oh, Chicago. oh! I bet there's a place I could walk to that sells it. That's real disappointed. Uh, but anyway, my dreams are just like it's it's very much that. I'm yeah. like, why am I this? Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. so bizarre. And that's in the same ballpark as a as a mushroom trip. You don't know, you don't know why you retained it. You don't know what it's doing there, but there it is. But in mushrooms, yeah, you can't wake up. Well, that's the thing. You can't come out of it. And I think. Uh, I when I realized that I had eaten uh, a lot of a a, lot, a batch of mushrooms that I already knew was very strong, and yet I just completely put that aside, and I was like, I'm going to keep going. I want to go further. It was almost like I should have taken one step further, but this time I decided to take ten steps further. Yeah. And when I realized, oh shit, so this is going to be way stronger. Were you tripping and then took more, or you took a shit ton up? Top? I just right at the top, and the rest of the group was walking. And when I do mushrooms, um, as Scott knows, like I usually. I for a good hour I just want to be by myself. I really love yeah. the internal of it all. So I want to go sit yep. and not move and yep. not hear anything but nature, mm-hmm. and like be in the trees and shit. I love it. And uh, so I was like, the rest of the group was going to keep hiking, and I was like, I'm going to sit back. And Ron was like, Yeah, I'm going to stay back too. And I was like, All right, we're probably feeling like the same thing. So I sat down and I opened my eyes and I was like, Holy fuck, this, something's wrong. Something's different. My first thought, and I think this is why the whole thing went sour, was I thought. The mushrooms are bad, as opposed to, oh, they're strong, and I need to relax. And uh, I saw Ron, and I was like, Ron, did you eat a lot? I was like, I... Some, I he had a tea or something. He, well, no, he he just didn't eat a lot. Oh, okay. And I was like... And when I'm on mushrooms, I can't verbally explain anything, because my mind is racing, and I just don't want to talk. I don't. Mm-hmm. I just want to lay. I don't want to do anything. So even in my panic, I would take spurts of like saying stuff, and I was like, Ron, I think I... These are strong. Like, this is way different. I would say stuff like that. And he, I could tell he understood what I was saying. He was like, all right, well, let's just sit down. And I sat down. Well, let's just sit down. Yeah, he goes, let's just sit down and take a break. Wrong. And I sat down and I, I sat Indian style. Yeah. <laughs> Closed my eyes and I felt, oh, the fucking whole world. Like I felt the it, my, all my cells accelerated into the universe. And I, was, I opened my eyes and I was like, I think I'm dying. I think that means I'm dying. And Wait, Ron, you closed your eyes? 
I closed my eyes to just kind of, I was like, I'm going to meditate, I'm going to drift off, I'm going to let this thing take me. Mm-hmm. And in two hours, I'll be like, I'm so glad I did that, which I, I should have done, because mm-hmm. it would have been a great trip. Mm-hmm. And instead, I fought it. And I was like, I want this to end. It's so funny. Your you, ego you doesn't. To your ego in. doesn't want to give in. It your doesn't ego, want to dissolve. So, and I, that trip, I had such a great discussion with myself about ego and what it means. Because death, it, the, the, the ego is dying. Yeah. you are dying. Well, I You're already just gonna have. Come back. I already have these issues. My mother died when I was very young, so I already have like issues about death in my buried Did in you my think brain. Of that? Yeah, well, when, I, when, I started thinking of why I don't want to. Like, I started asking myself, well, why is it that I don't want to die? And this sounds. I know that this sounds uh, it, this sounds egotistical, but I honestly don't think it is. And I think you know what I'm talking about. I take requests. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> but I was like, I don't want to die because I know what people that have to deal with someone's death go through. And I don't want to bring that burden it's, and that sadness on people that are close to me. Uh, Rory, that's, like, that's actually I, on Stuff to Blow Your Mind on the Psychedelic uh, episode. They talk about how mushrooms increase your empathy and decrease your ego. So people that with terminal illnesses have the exact same epiphany yeah. where they go, oh, they stop thinking of themselves. I actually think it's the opposite of selfish. And you go, it's going to be so hard for my husband when I go. Yeah. You start thinking only of others. Yeah. That's what the dr- drug is. Right. That's what the experience is. Well, the, it, well, in this moment, I thought that. I thought about death, and I was like, uh, it's almost like because I'm, I'm going to have a bad trip, I'm going to now feel what death truly is, what this whole idea <laughs> of heaven and hell is. And for three hours, that's where I was. And Ron, I was like, Ron is here. And I said to Ron, I was Were like, you alternating between the two? What? Extreme pleasure and then extreme Not anxiety. at all. There's no pleasure at all. It oh. wasn't going to be. It was just the idea of heaven and hell, like versus each other. Because in my, I don't believe. I I don't believe in a sense of heaven, and I don't believe. I certainly don't believe in any idea of hell. But I believe that I. I honestly admit that I don't. I, I'm not an atheist, but I'm. I'm also not a Christian. I just. I think it's ridiculous to think you can ever possibly know anything. And the greatest honesty is just saying I don't know. Right. I just want to be. I just don't want to be a burden to people. I just <laughs> want to be fun. Mm-hmm. I think so. That's kind of my own thought, and in my head, I came to realize what hell really is. It's a mental disconnect with everybody. Mm-hmm. That's my hell is not being able to feel the room, to not be able to feel connection to to anybody, connection right. to anyone. And so I'm going through to that feel, and, and then later adapt to Scott being in the room, right? <laughs> and then I I said to Ron, I was like, I, at points, I was like, I feel so. I was like, I've never, I've never felt this before but you may have to call an ambulance. I was like, because physically and mentally, I was like, I've never felt what I feel. I mean, I could just, I could just collapse right now and be fully awake, just not wanting to move. I was like, mentally, I can't get a hold of myself. I wish I could take a pill that would calm me down and I would pass out for a whole day. I was like, then this would all go away. I was like, I would let someone punch me in the face if it meant I was going to get knocked out. I was like, I just want this to end. Right. And Ron was like, if I feel, and this was what made me settle. He goes, if I feel that you need an ambulance, he goes, I will call you an ambulance if I feel that you need one. And I was like, yes, hmm. you're right. And I also said, and Face. Ron, I need you to do this. If, you, if I do collapse, if anyone has to help me, if an ambulance does come, I was like, will you please be incredibly honest with them about what I've done? Will you just tell them he took mushrooms, he's hallucinating, it could be nothing. But let them know because mm-hmm. if these mushrooms are bad – I want them to know maybe I need my stomach pumped or something. Right. I don't know. I was like, just please be honest with me. And right. Ron was like, Ron's like, I'll be absolutely honest. And if you need an ambulance, I'll totally get it. And then from that moment forward, I was like, all right, I'm going to stop talking for a while. And he goes, just, he goes, I'm here. 
He's like, I'm here the whole time. I love so punches. we walked the whole time and we got so much out of it because it's stuff he was going through with his family that he felt like he needed to be, you know, more present in his own life. And I was like, yeah, I, I need to work through some shit. And I went through this whole thing about ego of like, you do need some ego. You can't completely, you can sit and go, ah, oh, you know what? You should completely erase the ego and just exist in this world. You can't affect the world unless you know what you are. You need to control your ego. You don't need to completely eliminate it. You do need to have some sense of self because it was my sense of self and my ego in the bathroom at that campsite where I talked to myself and I go, you're going to fucking stand up right now and you're going to fucking walk out of here and you're going to talk to Ron like a normal person and you're not going to stop talking and you're going to say to him, I'm going to keep talking because if I keep talking, I think I can somehow come back to some level of clarity. And I walked out of that bathroom instantly i was like all right ron the others are camping the sun's gonna go down it's gonna get cold we should worry they might get cold let's just keep moving let's go to the car and once we get to the car let's just make sure the car's okay and then we'll go over here and i i told ron i was like i'm not gonna stop talking because i think if i keep talking i'll be fine and ron was like i get it if just do what you have to do and it was i don't know i I, i'm not explaining it well but there was this internal discussion of ego that pulled me out of that trip saying you it's almost like trying to confidently and boldly and bravely go you are not fucking losing to this you stand the fuck up and you right. get the fuck back right. out and even after i fully came out of that trip i was like i'd do it again i was like hmm. that drugs them. I, I just it wasn't fun but i dealt with so many fucking demons <laughs> that i couldn't possibly speak ill of this drug ever. right i remember though that after that you were worried that you were done with drugs because remember that's why i brought up the weed chocolate we ate the weed chocolate then we did a, a show, uh, and I've, I had never performed on weed. I always get so puritanical and uh, defensive yeah. about my own drug use. But uh, we <laughs> ate a, a little uh, legal medicinal weed chocolate. <laughs> you have to describe it that way. <laughs> and then we watched this movie, and we were really funny because all we had to do was sit there and, and talk. It was I, yeah, it was one of those funny. It was the movie movie show. Yeah, the movie show. And one of the remember I said this is this it cut to this woman at a desk. It was a horror movie, and I go, this is the kind of woman that would call someone dear. And then she goes, can I help you, dear? And I was like, I think I stood up as I and wanted bowed. to. And bowed. And, and I clapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, everybody did. It everybody was, It was a magical, yeah. magical yeah. moment. Uh, but then later that night you said you went home because you, te- you texted me or you called me or something. And you said, I think I might be done with drugs. Drugs might be done with me yeah. because you ate that weed chocolate, which was not a lot. Yeah. Oh, it was the smallest amount ever. The smallest amount ever. And you went home. I'm sorry to out you on this. I feel no, like no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. And uh, had a breakdown in the shower. And your oh, girlfriend man. had. It was, no, it wasn't like a breakdown in the shower. I got in the shower to like. I, it wasn't like a breakdown. I just had a full on like all that pot just hit me. This has happened a few times, but mm. that pot hit me. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, this is four hours after I ate this. And mm. this is now kicking in. And it is like zero to 60. That's crazy. And my heart, it, the thing it's like you have reserves in your brain racing. My heart starts racing, and that's what fucking scares me. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to go into cardiac arrest. Right. And also, I can't get control of my thoughts. And I think, I don't know if it, if it has anything to do with the fact that maybe that pot that I've smoked where I have a panic attack or have eaten is an indica. But I wouldn't be surprised if I found out all the times I've really panicked. It was indica. I thought indica meant sleepy time. That's what it is for some people. For me, I think it's just been awful. Really? Yeah, I think I go into like crazy like panic attack mode. Sativas <laughs> chill me out way more. It's so funny because after my bad mushroom trip, 
Which I also had the the only thing that was a parallel really was that I, I I've told you this before and I've said it on the show before, but there was a moment where I was like fuck this and stood <laughs> up and and uh, the two people I was with I go we're not doing this yeah. and I started doing bits like like talking about being in a psychological prison and how we're going to have a good trip and we did yeah so not only did I but two other people that were having not fun. I was having a bad trip. They were having not fun. Yeah. Merge, and then we went swimming, and it was glorious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like one of the best. Then, then resumed the second half of the day was one of the best days of my life. It was great. Yeah. But uh, so it's weird that uh, that moment. But then I was like uh, afraid of drugs. I haven't done drugs since. It's been like a year and a half, or maybe a little less, uh, since I've done mushrooms, and I've done pot very few times as well. But one of the times I went to see the National at the Bowl. And I was sitting there with uh, Brendan Walsh, and he had a uh, little legal medicinal marijuana chocolate. Something about eating a drug. Yeah. And I put it in my mouth. And then I remember, like, just immediately had a flashback to, like, last thing you ate went real bad. <laughs> so I put it in my mouth, and I was just like, I started, like, immediately the hairs on, the hairs on my arms just stood up now, just kind of remembering it. Yeah. The idea of yielding and being powerless yeah. to this experience. I was like, whatever this is... In this pseudoscience of we don't know if it's indica or sativa, we don't know how much is in it. Yeah. I've had weed chocolate where I took one bar of it and uh, next thing I knew I was crying yeah. with laughter. But like not not good. <laughs> right. Like laughing so hard with my friend Patrick. And I looked at him, the not feeling it guy, Patrick Walsh, and I looked at him and I go – I'm so high. Like, I just, like, like, it's like such a cliche. And then I've had times where I've eaten, like, a whole bar and felt like nothing. I'm like, it's not working. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what I'm putting in my, in my face. And then I'm sitting there, and then I'm like, there's thousands of people here. Yeah. I'm, I'm about to, like, have a, a bad experience. Like, I pushed off the dock ready to crash. Yeah. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? And it, there's, there's this weird. Was it good or bad? And then it ended up being fine. Okay. But you know, there, I'm remembering another time around then that I also—I guess I had this weed chocolate, and I ate a little piece at home because I was bored or something. I don't know why. Yeah. And I got that that hot panic where I was like, "I'm not ready," and I went on a walk, and I walked to Chelsea's house, drink, uh, and I I, I I had to like keep moving. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. if I like sit down, I'm afraid. Well, that's why I don't mind smoking uh, or getting high before I go on stage because uh, one, I don't I don't really see anything uh, wrong with it. I, I really enjoy. I really enjoy it, but I need to be performing because that's what I I love that it gets my mind in these places. I can because I'm already ADHD, but it's weird because when I'm high, it's almost like I can focus on what I like to what I wish you could just say all the time. But you'd sound like a lunatic if you did. But on stage, it's expected. And I'm already high, and I I don't know. I also I don't I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is that I. That I love about it, but mm. it almost it. There's something about if I smoke and someone's going long on stage, and I thought I was next, and I'll be like, "Well, I smoked ten minutes before my set because I kind of thought I was going to be on." This current person's going ten minutes over. It's not that I'm mad that they're going over. I'm just going. I just want to get up there and start talking. So I stop thinking about how fast my heart's racing and dying right oh, before I get. Okay. And then, boom! As soon as I get on stage, completely gone. It's like when you have to shit, and you're there. Oh, well, they're about to about bring this. me up. And then as soon as you get brought up, you the shitting goes shit away. Anymore. And when you come off, you're like, "Oh, I don't have to shit." Yep. Like, I don't know what happens. I'll, I'm the same with horniness. I remember being hornier than I had ever been in my life. And I don't like uh, Jane off sometimes before shows or something. I don't, I, I, or that's how I was feeling at the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, I did uh, warm up at The Daily Show. And I was like, Pete, 
during your set, I mean, I, I remember even thinking, like, after this, I'm going to get to, you know, take myself to dinner. <laughs> I'm, I, I, it's not, it's not going to be rote. It's going to be special. Going to light candles, yeah. new sheets. Really going to enjoy it. Get an old Playboy from my <laughs> Smell it. <laughs> I, got, uh, I got off stage, and uh, I don't think I had a sexual thought for a week. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. like all my needs were just met. It was yeah. very, very bizarre. I've also, one time I dropped a brick on my foot, and I was limping. And I, Why do you uh, hate your feet so much? I know. I keep fucking up my feet. <laughs> and then I went on stage, and I limped on the way up, did 10 minutes. I wasn't even that good back then. Uh, <laughs> humble brag. <laughs> I'm great now. And then as I – but the thing is, is I didn't destroy or anything. I just did stand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I got off stage, no limp, nothing wrong with my foot. Right. My brain released so much adrenaline, so much uh, dopamine or whatever. Right. That I was just like, I'm fine. Yeah. Completely fine. So tell me, do you mind talking about your mom? That sounds interesting. Uh, no. It sounds very sad. Uh, I think it, I, well, I mean, I, it, any death is, is tragic. A mom um, is, uh, if I may, you yeah. tell me. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to talk too much here because I'm out of my depth. But the mom is the door we came through. You know right. what I mean? The so, vagina. The vagina door. Right. Well, Duncan calls it the uh, Duncan drink. Uh, is the, there's a drinking game? <laughs> he calls it the vagina elevator. But there's some. There's a bond with the mom. You come out of the mom. You cooked in the mom. Right. You're in that crock pot. Right. You come out. Then you drink breast milk. You know you're suckling. Right. There's this bonding. You were eating. For, to quote a Kumail bed, an old one he doesn't do anymore. For nine months, you were just. I'll have what she's having. <laughs> <laughs> so the intimacy. I love that. Isn't that funny? I know so many Kumail bits that he doesn't do anymore. If no. he ever is like, I need a new hour, I'd be like, here you go. It's a little data. <laughs> Say this line the whole time. <laughs> he, uh, so the bond of mother is a little bit different, I think. Yeah. You, you tell me. Like I said, I don't know. Um, what happened? Uh, she had Hodgkin's disease. Um, she was diagnosed with it before I was born. And then I was born in a C-section. And then exactly one year. She died on my first birthday. Service elevator? Service elevator. C-section. Um, <laughs> Keep it light. <laughs> Heavy topics do bits. Don't stop doing bits because it's sad. I love it when you go into Brody. <laughs> I know. <laughs> doing bits. Keep it light. Light energy. <laughs> go on. Um, Sorry. Uh, yeah, she passed away on my first birthday. So it was like one year uh, after From I was Hodgkin's born. disease. From Hodgkin's disease. Which now is like a very like... I don't know if it's curable. I guess manageable. Okay. I don't really know. What kind of disease is it? It's cancer. Oh, it's kind of, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a kind of cancer. But I feel like now it is, if they catch it early. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe the advancement of it now is that they're able to catch it earlier mm-hmm. and manage it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, there isn't so much to it. I grew up with my aunt and my older sister uh, living home with my dad. You don't really, you're too young to remember it? Yeah, that's the thing about it. When I talk to people about it, because... I've had friends that, like, will, as comics, no, nothing can offend me. Like, you could just rip into my mother right now, and yeah. it won't offend me. I won't be offended. Because you just, it's like, to me, there's just something that words just can't touch. Like, huh. physical violence, is, to me, is way different than verbal anything. You're the I feel like there's a shield where you're just like, it sticks and so Yeah, I'm like, I don't give it. Like, if you 
If you attacked like my fiance, I'd be like, oh, I got to do something. But if right. you sat there, you attack my fiance. I mean, if you verbally were yelling at my fiance, like, P, what are you doing? One, this, <laughs> one, the scenario is already ridiculous, right? But if someone were, yeah, I would be like, come that, on, that's let's just funny go. because like <laughs> I'm right there with you. If I was like these weird scenarios that I think up sometimes, like when I'm driving through a weird town, uh, like I'm in a bar with a girlfriend, like a biker bar, no windows, you know, it's just a high life, you know, marquee, right, marquee. And then you go in, and, and someone comes up and is like, your girl. Friend is a piece of shit. Yeah, and I fucking shit in your mouth, and I cut your scrotum open, and I make you like a grandfather clock. You understand me? My name's Spike. I got cobweb tattoos on both yeah. my elbows. Yeah. What are you gonna do about it? I'd be like, uh, I'm gonna go. I, if someone was like, he offended your honor, like yeah. he, 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 or if a, if a girlfriend of mine was like, you gonna let him say that to me? It's like we're gonna leave. Why do I have to die? Yeah, <laughs> like if I knew intense jujitsu, my response would be, oh, that's nice, Spike, yeah. and yeah. say it like that, yeah. and just be a, like a, a dick because I think it's funny. For yeah, someone, yeah, but- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but like I even have like friends that like make jokes, and I get like the joke. Like sometimes there's stuff that's over the line, but it's a joke. But amongst friends, and there's right. something about it. Well, there's a, there's a healing thing with it, with the death of a, a parent like that. Absolutely. I feel like if you and I were super close, there would be some mom jokes happening. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Probably, and I don't even feel right saying that because we're not at that place. But it, the, the, you're, I mean, m- maybe. Yeah. But even if it were, if it like started, it wouldn't be like a thing. I don't ever see it as like, oh, this person didn't hurt me. It's like a thing of affection where it's like, look, this has happened. And you joke right. like it. I kind of look at it like, you know, if I do a 9-11 joke, I know maybe this doesn't relate at all. But for me, it does. Like doing a 9-11 joke, I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't have anyone that was in 9-11. But God, it's so it, it terrifies me. I think about that day. I think about the whole event. I think about the reper- the repercussions of everything that's happened. And when I do a joke about it, I don't mean to be insensitive, but God, it does make me feel a lot better about it. And, 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 and I know mm-hmm. I know it is insensitive to some people, but in my heart, it honestly makes me make light of something very serious the same way that if some of my friends like say something like a mom joke where I am kind of like, I, it doesn't. It doesn't hurt my feelings. It actually makes me feel lighter about something that I can't change. Mm. And it's not like I'm going to get into this in-depth conversation in that moment with that person. Well, you know, when you say that, what you're actually doing to me is da, da, like mm-hmm. it's like no, because all you are making me do is laugh about something that if her spirit were watching over me, I would say that I I I defend this person making that joke. Mm. I don't. You know that, and you can tell in someone's soul like. They're not being malicious, and me laughing about it is not malicious. It's the, this is the element of a joke, mm-hmm. and it's just it's relieving tension right. of a thing that's very serious. Right, and to me, that's where laughter is the best medicine. It might comes be the from. only like, way. That's to what it is. Open a window in that room, get a little airflow. Totally, it's yeah, hard yeah. to go through the the, the door. Right. Yeah, yeah. You go through the door. It's really hard to just be like, let's just have a serious talk yeah. about mom. And you a good no- I mean? right. And a good note about that is the jokes that they do. My friends, they they're they're funny. Uh, it's right, not like right, they right. make a joke and I go, mm, that was right. Where did that come? It from? It better be pretty funny. You put yeah. it through that filter. Yeah, yeah. It's I like, think I one. We I think we were actually at Todd's having dinner one time, and I looked at the meal or something. And I was like, this is so good. This is like a meal a mom would make. And Andy Haynes goes, oh, how the fuck would you know? And I died laughing uh, instantly. And I, was like, uh, I was like, that's uh, fucking. It's in the moment. It was quick. It's funny. And he's not trying to be. He's yes. trying to say, let's both laugh about this. And I did. I laughed immediately. And I was like, 
I get well, the joke you're a, saying. It's a deep insult uh, f- between comedians to not say a joke. Yeah, we were talking yeah, about yeah. that at the roast last night. It's like, no, you have to say yeah. the jokes that are going to break my heart. Because right. I want you to break my heart in this safe place. Right. It's like those rooms in Japan where they let you break a sink. You know what I mean? What? <laughs> oh, the sink rooms? <laughs> no, they have room bathrooms. Where, where <laughs> I'm not allowed in Japan you mean anymore. Bathrooms that don't have rules. That's what you're talking about. <laughs> Look, if you don't post the rules, I'm breaking a sink. Wash my say, hands. Smash yeah. the sink. It says wash your hands. It doesn't say don't break the sink. <laughs> I smash it. What do you leave it there? It's got my filth in it. I also shit in the sink. Oh. Oh. Ah. No, they have these room, rage rooms where you're like, it, they'll set it up like an office. There's yeah. computers, you know, old computers. That's an amazing idea. And you go in and you get a baseball bat and you get to break everything. That's so. So that's kind of even. like what a bad joke is. It, yeah. It, 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 but I like your idea that things that we're afraid of, we make light of, and there's a, there's a little bit of a release valve on yeah. that. I mean, I think it all relates to this recent stuff about the Tosh and the, and the rage yeah, stuff. Yeah, of like course it, it was making me think of that. I mean, it, 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 I, don't, I don't have any specific opinion on like that, but based on what I just said about the 9-11 thing, it's like, well, what you're saying is insensitive. Like, don't, don't think that I don't know that. Right. And don't think that this joke is for you also, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because maybe this joke is for me. Now, I'm not saying that that's what happened in that particular rape sure, situation sure, sure. joke, but know that when I defend material... For myself, that maybe someone finds offensive, it's like, well, you you're you're selfishly thinking that I said that joke because I want to entertain you, right? Steve Martin has a has an interesting quote. He said, "What was that?" I brought a pipe with me. <laughs> when you, when we're young men, we make all the jokes about cancer and we make all the jokes about whatever kidnapping yeah. or whatever. And then he's like, "That's not kidnapping because we don't live in South America." Although I guess there's kidnapping, <laughs> there's kidnapping here, but it's not like a huge right, relatable right, right, thing. Right, right. As it is there, unfortunately. <laughs> right. I listen to NPR. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and that's the point of this story. Ye- that, I, I listen just to wanted, intelligent radio. Yeah, just know that I'm listening to public radio. <laughs> uh, the idea that he was like, when we're young men, that's when we make all our cancer jokes. And people we know die of cancer and we stop making those jokes. Right. And I think there's something to be said about that. But I, I, I think th- there's a catharsis there. It might be inappropriateness might be part of it. But we yeah. might be like being like. Look, that thing in the corner, that heavy breathing wolf creature, yeah. is so scary. And every once in a while, just shooting a firecracker at him so it lights up just for a second yeah. and we get to see him and he flails a little bit. Yeah. He's still scary and he still killed that family. Right. <laughs> I don't know what the point you're making. I'm just saying, but we just made light of him and it made us feel better about it. Right, him. right, right. I remember when my grandfather died, I was in Florida and we were about to go to the funeral. And John Doerr called me, and he was like, hey, how are you? And I was like, oh, I'm doing all right. And he goes, I know this is, uh, I know it's a tough day, but if I uh, sent you some stuff, would you set up like a merch table at the end of the funeral <laughs> to sell some of my stuff? <laughs> and I just immediately just started laughing so hard, and I was like, he's right. I was like, it took him, I, I don't, I, I can't speak for him, but if I put myself in that position, I would be like, man, it took me balls to say that joke. Mm. But he knew, I'm going to say a joke, and it's ridiculous, and he's going to laugh, and he's going to feel better. And right. I was like, I want to be like, man, you didn't call me and make me feel better by going, hey, you know, your grandpa would a dot, dot, dot. Right, right, Remember right. the dot, dot, Beautiful dot. service. You called like a comedian, and you called and you said, hey, try to sell some of my CDs at the end of the funeral, if you don't mind. Yeah. And I immediately was like, God damn it. That's how you that's how a comic makes you feel better. They go, Fuck your sadness. Right. What about this? Right. And you go, 
You're right. But I God, think, and not not that you put stuff aside and you never deal with it, but you go. That's how a comic makes a thing better, mm. and it, it and it made it better. I went to that funeral. Not that I didn't cry. Not that I didn't still feel exactly what I would have felt. But in the back of my head, you're thinking that whole day. I went. God, could you imagine if I did set up that merch yeah, table? I thought yeah, about it the whole time. Yeah, yeah, At the yeah. funeral, I pictured where would I put it. Yeah. I thought about what would the merch be? What would people say if I was like, I know, I just a buddy of mine's trying to sell some stuff. I thought about it the whole time. And every single yeah. fucking time I thought about it, yeah. it made me laugh. And it got me through that whole day. Mm-hmm. It got me through the whole fucking day. And it was John being insensitive about a topic. Right. And it, it couldn't have made it better for me. But the topic itself is insensitive. You know what I mean? The topic is violating your life. Right. What happened is intruding on your life. Right. And John is just going, here, I'm, I'm going to go with the flow of this. Because yeah, you can't change it. And you can't change it. Right. So suddenly you have all these people going the, uh, away from the current and John just zips by in a canoe going, set up merch. Yeah. Everyone else is going, he looks so lifelike. Exactly. Paddling yeah, against yeah. the current. Right. Nick Swardson has that amazing bit about how at his funeral – he wants an empty <laughs> casket, yeah, yeah. and then he's lowered from the ceiling on strings like a puppet, and then they play house music, and he dances. Yeah. They make him dance. I've never been at a funeral in my life that I haven't thought about that. <laughs> right. And he also has that bit about hiring John Stamos to come to your funeral. That's the best part. Just so people would be like, were he and Stamos brothers? <laughs> yeah. Were they like close? And I, I was just at a funeral recently, and I thought about Stamos being there. Yeah. This, this is – that's the firecracker at the base. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I think that's a beautiful, uh, beautiful thing. What is it like? Here's a weird question. Yeah, maybe it doesn't apply. Mm-hmm. You, you're engaged, mm-hmm. and you grew up without a mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that inform the kind of women you're looking for, and the kind of woman you ended up with? I don't know. I don't know. Because going back to what I what I didn't say before, when you were talking about uh, the relationship with the mother, it, and not knowing. Because, I mean, she died on my first birthday. So I kind of have this thing of going, well, it's tragic because I never knew who this person was. But then there's also like, well, who, what's more tragic? If I was 20 and she died, would that be harder to deal with? Because now I know what I'm missing. Just, or is yep. it harder to deal with the fact that you don't know what you're missing? I don't think either one is more or less or right or wrong. or, or well, Not right or wrong, but you know what I mean. Like, on the scale of like tragedy. Yeah. I think it... Um, I think for me, in a way... It informs me differently about my family and who I am and where I come from. And there is a part of me that it's not like I don't know where I come from or like what my family's like. But not knowing what who this very specific person is, I think is... And also her death, she was 25. Yeah. Well. So also that, um, it's almost like I've lived my life without my mother learning the greatest lesson I could ever possibly learn right away in my life was to say, fuck all of this and do what you want to do and have fun and be what you want to be because this could just end without you even knowing. Mm. Just any day. You could be any age. You always think, oh, I'm 90. 90 could never happen. So why wait for 60 to be like, wow, now I'm going to finally see Europe. Mm. Uh, that sounds cliche. No. But you know what I mean? Like, do Do the things you want to do. And I think that's my greatest inspiration in getting into comedy is like, well, that's what I want to do. So even if I fucking fail and I die in the street, homeless and hungry because mm-hmm. I did this, I'd, I think I'd rather have it go that way with than a- not do this and be like, well, I just lived a shitty life. And like right. with her, it's like, oh, you didn't really get that chance, but I do have that chance to mm-hmm. do that. So I don't really know. I don't know if it informs, um, going back to what you just asked, I don't know if it really informs that is the a great, women yeah, that I look amazing. for. I I do think I do think about that sometimes because I think a lot of people 
and I can't understand it or relate to it when people are like, oh, the girls that you like and this and that. I can totally understand it. But honestly, coming from the standpoint of someone who doesn't have that relationship with a mother, I, th- I think you still just end up with who you are, who you enjoy. I think it's interesting, man, because if I, you're logical, <laughs> I'm, I'm plagued and, and a lot of grown men. Uh, this is so weird to make this line of demarcation, but men with mothers. Right. No, no, no. I, no, I mean, given this context, it right, makes right, perfect right. sense. Yeah. But it sounds callous. I mean, something. if you say it outside of this, people are like, uh, what are you talking about? You know, speaking for the men with mothers here, let's raise a glass. <laughs> I can't. Someone's in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm out of this one. <laughs> it's the hell yeah blue. I noticed track. you raised your glass. <laughs> Put it back down. Thank you. Now everyone else had a huge smile. Men with mothers <laughs> tend to be plagued. Uh, I feel like it's a new support group. Men, men with, with mothers. With mothers. Well, we kind of need a support group. Right. Here, here's the, here's the truth. I love my mother so so much. Yeah. Uh, definitely the uh, yeah real big deal to me. My mother. Right. But I sometimes worry that uh, as I think a lot of men with mothers. <laughs> MWW MWMs. A lot of MWMs are worried that they're going to marry their mother. Are you also picturing the logo being an ongoing zigzag? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I definitely was. There's no part of me that wasn't picturing that, like, uh, sea-like. An eternal zigzag. Yeah, yeah. It's the side of Homer Simpson's hair. Yeah, men with mothers. (laughs) There's a plug on our show every Simpsons episode. So is that we worry that we'll marry our mothers. Uh that's the Freudian thing, but that's also just right. like a, a hack thing. Like you, you're, you marry someone that reminds you of the discipline and right. the structure and the nurturing and essentially, I guess, the love mm-hmm. that you got from your mother. You're kind of in an interesting position where it's like you can do whatever – you can go anywhere. Right, right. This, this power and anonymity, your mother, first of all, as you beautifully put, gave you an amazing gift. Right. That the, the, almost like, like the sacrifice of her death, it sounds to me – instilled you with this incredible purpose and drive that you were like almost like wow thanks for that like i'll turn the strategy into this amazing fuel to to be like this is life this is what it is right i'm, I'm sure you'd trade you wouldn't want it to have happened that way but that's how things right. happen but then also it sounds to me like it might be an interesting experiment life experiment that you've already uh, completed because you found your fiance but to be like i'm not looking for this woman love that i got from with it. these maybe qualities maybe it's your aunt Maybe maybe right. it's a it's a mix of different people, right? And maybe you'll end up with a more interesting partner instead of schlubs like me that are just like you sound like somebody right now, but I don't know who it is, but it's making me angry. <laughs> but I like it. But also are horny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Bits. know what it is. Doing sad in things the past, <laughs> in the past. In the past. Doing sad things in the past. This is in the past. John F. Kennedy. They don't know. To them, John F. Kennedy's a guy who owns a bakery in Newark. They have no clue. Yeah. Say other names they don't know. Stephen Hawking. You mean that Steve down the street that has all those hawks? Who's the president in 1985? Ronald Reagan. The actor. Ah, Yeah, you're at home going, yeah. And I'm like, nice writing. And I want to watch Daniel Day-Lewis slap Eli. In the mud. That is true. Aren't you a vessel for the Holy Spirit? Holy Ghost, I believe he says. Go on. Uh, where were we? Oh, do you kind of think... Oh, so tell me about tell me about engagement, because I'm very interested in relationships in general. How long have you been courting? Um, we've been courting. Um, we've been together Fuck, for... is that the time? What How time is it? How long have we been going? I was just going to give you the time. Two 
Katie, the signs of 145 sign. I'm teasing you. I, twice I've given you shit, and you're the best tech in the world, and I think you're fantastic. You want a halt? Oh, you've been coveting my halls, and that's why you don't give me the light? <laughs> We're at one, oh, I have to be somewhere in 20 minutes that's like, All right, it's, yeah. okay, it's okay. It's totally okay. All right. I'm, we're Neo, man. We're living outside of the thing. We'll do it again. I like, we'll do it again. Of course we'll do it again. First of all, you're amazing. Second of all, everybody, I like somebody. You already hinted that you are not an atheist, but you're not a Christian. I just like anybody that listens to it to chime in on spirituality, yeah. even if it's briefly, because people listen to the episode, and some people like that. Yeah. It sounds to me like you're mush, I, mushroomly open to things. I, I think I just hate... Uh, I think I just hate sometimes I, I think I hate ridiculous titles for something like in terms of us being like, well, Pete, what do you do? You're like, well, I'm a stand up comedian. I'm a performer. I'm a writer. I'm an artist. Yeah. Like that. It makes sense. But I'm like, well, what? Are you? But spiritually, what are you? You're like, I, I'm I'm here. I don't. Why do I have to be in a group? Why do I right. have to be a right, thing? Right, and right. why? Why does your assumption that I don't want to associate with a group for something? And I, my opinion, that is just go, like. If you believe in God and I don't believe in God, when that fucking curtain drops, the same thing is going to happen. Mm. Like, I don't believe that there's, like, well, this person committed to doing this and this person. Like, I think all that is what's, I think that alone is the, is the initial thing that's keeping us from evolving in a, in, a, in a higher, more communal way as people going, let's put this thing aside that's the next level. Let's just worry about this fucking level right now because this level is getting fucked. Mm. But if we get rid of this thing of always worrying about, well, what's next and just deal with what's now, maybe with what's next is actually now. Mm. You know what I mean? And what's next is informed by what's now, I think. Yeah. I I, I sometimes gel with the idea that uh, if there is an afterlife, it is an extension of our lives. And I don't mean reward and punishment. I mean... Just a perfect blend of good and evil as your life was right. yeah, continuing yeah. on to the next thing. So I think the more we work out – I don't even know what work out your karma means. But like the more we settle up our right. accounts before we die, right. maybe that informs how we are after. But I'm with you, man. But to me, the idea of life that we currently have right now is so ridiculously – to think that any of this – like what is any of this yeah. to the point where you're so certain – this is the start. And the next thing, how do you not know that right now you're on the fifth thing and you keep fucking up? Yeah. Or you are, you're finally figuring it out. Yeah. How do I know that? And I'm not saying like reincarnation. I'm not saying past life and this and that. But how do you know? Yeah. And, and, and anyone going, well, faith and this and that. It's like, but faith, in my opinion, involves honesty. And you need to honestly say that you do not fucking know. And it doesn't mean <laughs> mm-hmm. you believe in something. It doesn't mean you don't believe in something. Just fucking admit that and if there right. is an, oh, if there's a God, if there's this huge God that created everything, and you think you figured out the creation of the universe and how it all started and all this, that's like saying, oh, man, we finally figured out how iPhones work. You know who else figured it out? This tiny ant that doesn't even have a brain. <laughs> Boy, I would, I'd be fucking insulted. And that's what we are. We're that ant going, I know you. I get your <laughs> shit. You fucking, you think you're so smart? <laughs> that's what we're doing when we think we fucking know. That's great, man. I think that's the beginning. Yeah. Is to say I'm an ant and that's an iPhone. Yeah. But good, I love it, man. I'm sorry to wrap this a no, little bit short. Thanks for having me. I love doing I, I this. I didn't know. It was, I, I loved having you. And I love you, man. I love you so much. I love you. I love you. I really want to spoon with you. I feel like you have a smooth bottom. Can I say something? Yeah. I would spoon with you. Yeah. Knowing. And I wouldn't laugh. And I wouldn't be sexual. I would be like, I just want to be close to Pete and I'm going to hug him. I would hug you. 
again, stuff to blow your mind. They say after tw- a 20-second hug, right, uh, that's when all the, all the chemicals start getting released. Like a hug is supposed to be 20 seconds. You know who hugs for a long time? Who? Mandy Johnson of the Super Serious Show. Okay. She hugs for a long time. And I said to Jordan, I was like, she hugs for a very long time. And you know what? I love it. Yeah. Because it's, it, it means something. Well, let's end this episode with a 20-second on-mic hug. So take, take, take the mic. It's going to be a little bit seated. It's got to be. Will you time it? <laughs> a part of me is picturing that you're crying. No, I'm not crying. Because right here, I felt I feel a release. You know what I mean? My my inside just kind of like yielded to it. I'm not hitting you. I'm not doing any of the bro stuff. I feel the tickle of your whiskers. <laughs> it feels right. We're not letting go. I don't want to let go. I mean, like, chemically, <laughs> you could put us in a CAT scan now, and they'd be like, this showed up. This is when it turned green. This area right. turned green. Because of a hug. Yeah. My day will now... I actually do feel kind of energized, a little bit lighter. Scott, sorry. <laughs> can I Can I? No say, hug for you, Scott. Can I say something? I'll, yeah. I'll end it on this for me. But that mushroom trip where I felt like I was going through hell and I had lost a connection with yeah. everybody, all I thought was... You know when you see like a homeless person and they are kind of you can tell they're they've gotten a little crazy. Yeah. I've always wondered in my head and I haven't done this yet and I'm actually kind of upset that I haven't done it. But when I've seen that person, there's a part of me that wants to be like, Can I just give you a hug? And well, to see if if you hug that person yep, for a minute, yep. if what you just talked about, yep. if some of those things, those triggers start lighting up in their brain yep. and they go Something turns on. Humanity I have no returns. idea that that would work. But. Uh, no, there are studies where people that are having like psychotic episodes, certain types of psychotic episodes, hugging actually works really, really well. Yeah. It calms you down. Uh, th- you should listen to it. It's called uh, Stuff to Blow Your Mind episodes called Hugs. It's great. I okay. can't, I'd rehash it, but it's, it's well put on that podcast. I really, uh, really did enjoy that hug. <laughs> I, had, I had something it funny. Felt good. I had something funny at the end. Oh, when you were telling me the, the bad mushroom trip, I was like, if Funches had hugged you, I bet. It, oh, it would have helped. Now not, I know that. I know that, that going into not, to trips there's, stuff. there's a science to it. And there's some, something called touch therapy, too. There were these, these kids that are just like preposterously mistreated as youths, orphans that are adopted. Right. That nothing worked. Talk therapy, medication, nothing worked. And the, what they prescribed that actually ended up working was for something like two hours every day, the dad and the mom would hug the kid. Yeah. On either side. Yeah. And that started to make a difference. So with that, will you say keep it crispy? Keep it crispy. I want to do it soft. I liked it. Keep it crispy. It feels so violating. I really feel great after that hug. Thanks for doing it, man. Thanks for having me. The hug, I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Now leaving Nerdist.com.